Midnight Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. Good evening. Our hearts go out to the people in Japan stricken by that awful earthquake. Now, let's cover what we're going to be doing this week. We'll have Steve Crucian, Mr. Gadget. We'll talk about not just the kind of technology we usually cover, but housewares and other fancy stuff. We'll hear from Dan Morin. He's the news guy over at Macworld Magazine, the latest news and views in the Apple universe. And then Jim Galbraith. He is the lab director at Macworld. He'll be talking about tests of the iPad 2 and the new MacBook Pro family. All this and more on the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> Yes, it's the gadget man himself, Steve Crucian, Mr. Gadget, joining us. We're going to talk about a lot of different subjects today, including housewares. You think housewares, gadgets? Yes, indeed. But first, the obvious question to ask Steve is, do you have an iPad yet? I do not have it yet. It's on my short list, that's for sure. Inasmuch as the, the older ones are going to be in increasing short supply, um, that's fine because the one I want is the new one anyway. You know, it's it's better. Is it revolutionary? No, but it's evolutionary, and we like that, especially from Apple. Well, Apple is smart about what features to add and what to hold back, and some might suggest, well, maybe one of the reasons they had only slightly acceptable cameras this time is because then the iPad 3 can have better cameras. Yes, but I think what's even more important is what Apple did that they have never done before, really, have never been accused of this, and that is being out there with the best price and performance combination. You never heard of Apple being a low-price leader, but compared to the Zoom or anybody else's a tablet out there, isn't it interesting that Apple leads in the area of price and performance? And, of course, the fact that when all is said and done, there are no excuses when it comes to operating the iPad. It just works. Everybody knows how to operate one because it's so intuitive. And that can't be said of the competitive product. Have you tried some of those competitors? Yeah. just I mean, I've, I've played with the Motorola product, the Samsung product, and frankly, any of the products that are out there with Android operating systems just are not quite as finished, as polished as is the iPad. And also, in the Android ecosystem, if you look at multiple products, they're not the same. They operate a little bit differently. So let's say you have an Android phone, and then you have an Android-based tablet. They're not going to be the same as if you had an iPhone, or virtually the same, as if you had an iPhone. You know where it's worse than that, Steve? And that is that each smartphone with the Android OS may be different because the carrier or the manufacturer is going to customize the theme they're going to change the default software. They'll even change the default search engine, like with some Verizon smartphones featuring Android. They're using Microsoft Bing. Isn't that the unkindest cut of all? Well, it's not the unkindest cut of all for people who are not Mac-centric. And Bing, actually, it's coming along and, and getting better all the time. So I don't have a problem with Bing. I just have the problem with the lack of consistency and uh, uniform presence across manufacturers, across products that they use Android. That's all. And that's a big thing. <laughs> I shouldn't say that's all. Minimize it. Well, it's certainly a big thing if you're not really a tech geek. And I think tech geeks like absolute customization. You can do anything you want with the Android OS, you know? 
nobody's going to stop you. They're not going to come That's up right. with a new software release that prevents jailbreaking. You do anything you want, but probably the large percentage of people out there who buy these products, they just want something that works. They don't care about what the operating system is. They just want to be able to do what they want to do. Right, and the chances are because we know that the iOS and its ecosystem it just works and it invites people to explore and have fun and they tend to get more out of their devices because of the lack of intimidation. That speaks volumes about these products are for, as you were saying. People who are geeks, they, they really love the Android operating system because it can be totally customizable. They can do whatever the heck they want. Whereas Apple, you know, we talked about this before, the good and the bad of it being sort of closed system that you can't mess with. It's because they want it to work for everybody. Take the good with the bad and the most important thing is if you just want to have fun and enjoy, um, you're going to probably go with the iPad and the iPhone. And the other thing, of course, is about philosophy is Apple wants these things to be appliances. They want it to be like a washing right. machine. Do you hack your washing machine to get hidden features? That's the no, philosophy. But, you know, right. But, but you can't take away from the fact that there are millions and millions and millions of people who like and appreciate Android. And that's fine. That's what makes a ballgame. There's something for everybody, and that's a good thing. Have you tried any of the Windows Phone 7 devices? Only one, and I'm unimpressed. I will wait to see what they do. But I'm unimpressed to the extent that it smacks of the same kind of thing that I'm used to with Microsoft on products that their, their gestation period has been too short. Here's a, today, the latest example is the, the recent news that said that Microsoft may not be going forward with the Zune. Well, they gave it a good run. It couldn't touch the iPod, so they'll give up. Same thing with Windows 7, possibly, except for a dedicated business user group that may find it's going to be terrific. And certainly with the support of, of uh, the likes of uh, Nokia, it may, be, it may help. But it's, it's not something that I think that I can personally embrace as a user. I would not be plunking my money down, but that's just me. It's good to have alternatives. And if you don't like what it's Apple does, you buy the other person's product, and there you go. And, of course, the Zune is gone. And it's rare for Microsoft, by the way, to want to discontinue development of a product. Usually what they do is, if something doesn't work, they produce a new version and change the name and pretend it's completely new, not just a slight revision. So, for example, Bing well, used look, to be Windows Live Search. Right, that's true. But you can't argue with, and you, it's hard to fight the success, the juggernaut of products, whether it's Android-based products or iOS-based products. It's almost as if Windows is floundering again, that they don't know how to compete, but you can't count them out because they're Microsoft, and they do a lot of good things. They do a lot of things very, very well, but I'm still scratching my head over all this. I kind of wonder why nobody got the message about tablets before Apple, and why everyone who wants to imitate the iPad comes up with an 85% solution, which is always the way it is, you know? They look at the That's iPad right. and say, we have to imitate that, not we have to build a better product than that. Well, they can't build a better product if they don't have the, the core group of designers to do that. And that's what is clearly lacking. Don't you think that if any company had a design base, a, a group of designers that was capable of doing something better, that they would? Well, you know, it's, it's also management, Steve. It's management. Management has oh, to take these people and say, okay, if we don't 
put any constraints on you. What can you come up with? Not have this big committee say, it's this, it's that. It's kind of like the GM philosophy, where GM went down the tubes because all their products were designed by committee, so you didn't want to offend anybody. Let's not offend anybody. Let's not stretch the envelope, and therefore you come up with something that's dull, something that might be unfinished because you're afraid to take it to the next step, and suddenly you're a loser. Let me approach it from the optimist point of view, and that is that I have to believe that in this day and age that there are enough smart people at Microsoft, within Microsoft, and using Windows 7 phone as uh, as a perfect example. There have to be people who have already sort of thrown out all the old rules and, and understand that in order to compete, they need to do things differently. I have to believe that because uh, otherwise Microsoft cannot compete. They, they, they just can't. I can't believe that it's the same today as it was as, as what you state. You look at it this way. Windows Phone 7 hasn't really set the world afire. So what they did is they went to Nokia, whose smartphones haven't done so well against the iPad and Android devices, and they say, okay, we'll throw you a few billion dollars. Let's see if we could make this work. Oh, by the way, we're not going to do it till about the end of the year, so now all your products till then are stillborn. We'll ask more questions of Steve Krush and Mr. Gadget and explore housewares and more. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. There's a man named Dr. Wallach who is anything but your typical doctor. Both a veterinarian and naturopathic physician, Doc asks, Why does the United States spend more money on health care by far and still rank 50th in health and longevity worldwide? He believes that people should empower themselves with a basic understanding of nutrition, taking charge of their life, and attain optimal health and longevity through nutrition, not by toxic prescription drugs leading to side effects. This is clearly a deadly recipe. The good news is Doc Wallach's message is resonating with an increasing number of Americans who are waking up to all the big government and big pharma manipulation of our healthcare system. I like what Doc Wallach is saying and doing to enlighten people about healthcare and have joined forces to help this tireless crusader spread his message. Visit InfoWarsTeam.com and listen to Dr. Wallach's Deadly Recipes lecture. It makes a lot of sense, and I want you to join our InfoWars team. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. Gold. It's like nothing else on Earth. From the Romans through the Renaissance, from the Industrial Age to the Space Age, gold has weathered the test of time. For 6,000 years, gold has remained the ultimate store of wealth. According to the World Gold Council and the U.S. Mint, demand is at an all-time high. The stage is being set for the reemergence of gold as the common-sense alternative to a fiat paper currency that gets weaker every day. Midas Resources is proud to offer the hard-hitting report that arms you with the truth you need to protect you and your family from the Fed's plans for your hard-earned money. Don't gamble with your future. Call Midas Resources today and ask for your free copy of As Good As Gold. Call 1-800-686-223. For the report the Fed hopes you'll never see. As good as gold can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. If you have ever thought about owning gold, you must read this report. Call Midas today at 800-686-2237. The collapse of the dollar is imminent. 
You can protect your wealth by buying gold, silver, and strong foreign currencies. But what if the government confiscates your precious metals, implements exchange controls, or nationalizes your retirement? You need a backup plan. That's why you must move your wealth into an offshore asset protection structure. Go to CollapseProof.com to get your free special report and discover how to store your gold and silver in the world's safest vaults or how to hold foreign currencies in a way that's safe from bank failures, bank runs, or exchange controls. Learn how the U.S. government failed to collect a $36 million claim because the defendant legally used an offshore asset protection program. This is what you need to keep your wealth safe when the dollar collapses and CollapseProof.com can help. Our programs are 100% compliant with U.S. law, but you must act now before it's too late. Call 800-798-2008. That's 800-798-2008. CollapseProof.com. Asset protection in financially unsafe times. Sore throat? Spray that with Dermatol. Diaper rash? Spray that with Dermatol. Ouch! Burn or cut? Spray that with Dermatol for shockingly fast relief. If you had room for only one first aid product in your preparedness kit, you need Dermatol because it works on almost every skin irritation or injury. All natural Dermatol brings amazing relief to burns, cuts, scrapes, bites, boils, shingles, rashes, elderly skin tears, even chronic diabetic ulcers and bed sores. Dermatol is an all natural antimicrobial, antiviral, and antifungal wound cleanser that speeds healing with no side effects, is safe for all ages and skin types, and is even safe enough to spray on sore throats or onto sore eyes. Read our many testimonials at Dermatol.com, spelled D-E-R-M-A-T-O-L.com. Order online at Dermatol.com or call 800-217-6677. That's 800-217-6677. Effective, efficient, economical. Spray it all with Dermatol. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, send it to news at technightall.com. That's news at technightall.com. And don't forget, you can visit the famous Tech Night Owl community forums at forum.technightall.com. Get in on all the action. That's forum.technightall.com. Steve Crucian, and Mr. Gadget joining us on the Tech Night Out Live this week. We're not looking at product specs. We're looking at how things work in terms of the end user, trying to make sure these things are flexible. Let's look, and we'll get back to some of the other stuff in a moment. Let's look at housewares. And the question I have to ask you is, if you're a gadget freak, you love sophisticated consumer electronics, what do you find in housewares that would appeal to you then? You know, it's almost the anti-electronic gadget that you find at housewares. Not to beat a dead horse, but I've said this for years. The thing that I love about housewares is because it is the anti-electronic gadget. There's no operating system to worry about, which means there's no obsolescence in the operating system. There's no crashing. There's no updates. There's no consternation. There's no, oh, my God, what do I do with this? And there's no need for this, that kind of tech support. When I talk about housewares, when I, when I look at house, I look at products that stand, generally speaking, stand the test of time. They're good today. They'll be good in 10 years or 15 years, so long as they don't break. They're generally much more affordable. You can get lots of housewares for your money and have a lot of fun, whether it's knives, whether it is drinking vessels, whether it's shavers, whether it's gadgets that, that lock your 
your suitcases together to make travel a little easier, or looking at trends like the trend of toward ceramic cutlery. What's that all about? These are things that are intriguing to me and exciting to me because they're so simple and affordable. Let's look at some interesting housewares that maybe show really interesting technology. Drop a few on me. All right. Well, here's here's uh, let's look at technology to start with. There's a a, a plastic a polycarbonate type material uh, that has none of the bad stuff in it. Those three or four letter acronyms, you know, causing cancer and all that. And uh, this is a material called Triton. T R I T A N, and it's from Eastman Chemical. But that's not what's important. What's important is what this stuff does. It's it's nearly indestructible. It doesn't transfer odors and absorb chemicals or so if you wash it out, if you put curry in it, it's not going to stink of curry forever. And it's flexible. You can make lots of different things out of it. One of the things that I thought was innovative at the show is from a company called Contigo, who I happen to love because they make what I think are the best one-handed travel mugs and hydration bottles. In other words, instead of having to unscrew a cap with one hand and drink with the other or push a button and then you know work a slider or something so that it's going to possibly leak Contigo is expert at making what they call auto seal water bottles and they also have that same kind of technology in vacuum insulated travel mugs now a new double wall bottle from Contigo called their auto seal Martinique it's double wall like a vacuum bottle so that there will be less sweating on the outside. You know, if you put cold stuff in a glass and with ice, it's going to sweat. And who wants that? So they've made use this Triton material to make a double wall bottle that is, as I say, less prone to sweating. It's a, a, a 20 some odd ounce or approximately 20 ounce, I think. I don't have the exact specs, but it will keep something cold for many hours. It's one-handed, and remember, when you let go of the trigger, so to speak, it seals itself. So if you knock it over, it's not going to spill. So it's, per- it's a perfect commuter cup or, or perfect to have, let's say, around the computer. So you can push the button, drink, let go of the button, it seals, and you won't make a mess and, and ruin your computer. And ruin your keyboard especially. You know, even if the computer is okay, That's right. a lot of the most common That's spillages right. occur with your keyboard. All right, you can find out more about these Contigo products at my website, of course, at, at mrgadget.com. Click the link to Housewares, and it's going to be a link, actually, to the to my blog, which uh, makes it a lot easier. And more information about Contigo is also at gocontigo, C-O-N-T-I-G-O.com, and shop for the best prices, and often... Costco has their products at tremendous, crazy saving. And let's talk more about housewares. How about the company called Wall, W-A-H-L? You know them for their grooming products. Well, they have a new shaver that kind of got my attention, a stainless steel shaver with a lithium ion, uh, or excuse me, stainless steel trimmer. So it's, uh, it's all stainless, which is great. It has lithium ion batteries, which means you can charge it and they'll stay charged for a very long time, even without use. So it's much better than the nickel metal. And you're talking about uh, uh, an $80 retail price, which means it's going to be less. These are smart. All Most of the other trimmers you find on the market or most of the other shavers as well don't use lithium ion batteries. Uh, Norelco is another brand that uses lithium. But uh, this was smart. I travel a lot. You know, that's one thing I wanted to ask you, Steve. I wanted to ask you about shavers. Okay. 
Now, I have never had good luck with electric shavers. You know, I just use the old-fashioned thing, the shaving cream, the Gillette, the Wilkinson, whatever, standard blades. Can I find anything like that in an electric shaver? Absolutely. I've, I've sort of made a study of this over the years. The biggest, there are two big mistakes that people make when it comes to electric shavers. The first one is they don't give it enough time to try it. It takes two to three weeks for your face to become accustomed, for your face to become adjusted to this kind of shaving. It's different than using a blade. The second thing is people tend to press too hard with the shaver with the head of the shaver. You have to let the shaver do the work and not press too hard. And I have many, many, many times answered emails to folks who ask me about this, challenge me, and generally, without, with rare exception, I get the answer back that, yeah, I gave it a chance and I didn't press hard, and you know what? It worked great. I think that, uh, and there are two types of shavers. There's the rotary type, which Norelco is famous for, and I love their shavers. Those are my favorites. They do, in my view, the best job, and they're also among the most expensive. And then there are uh, a whole host of foil-type shavers that have one or two, or have two or three rows or ribs, let's call it, that are foil. They're flexible foils. Your hair goes through and the cutters wave back and forth and back and forth and back and forth to cut the hair as it goes through these uh, these small foils. And I think that if you give it a chance, Gene, you will find that you will be successful. And the other thing is that manufacturers, I know Noralco does this. I'm not sure of the others, but most of them I believe we'll have some sort of a trial period where you can use it for 30 days, and if you don't like it, no questions asked, you can return it. So on that basis, it's worth it. One final thing with regard to shavers. They try to get a recurring revenue stream. You're used to, with, with a, a razor, a straight razor, or you know, safety razors, there is the usual recurring revenue stream. You're used to buying new blades. With a, an electric shaver, the only thing you have to do is every year or so buy new cutters. And with the foil type, you need to buy it's a kit. The, the foil wears out and can bend and break and become sharp. So that's fine. But the, a lot of the electric shaver makers are selling what they think are what they term premium units, whereby they have a bath, uh, a thing you put the shaver in that circulates a fluid plus water or a fluid itself, which of course costs a lot of money, to clean and lubricate the shaver. I'll tell you what, we'll get into more electric shavers and a lot more with Steve Cruz and Mr. Gadget. If you have a comment or a question about the show, write us, news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. There's a man named Dr. Wallach who is anything but your typical doctor. Both a veterinarian and naturopathic physician, Doc asks, Why does the United States spend more money on health care by far and still rank 50th in health and longevity worldwide? He believes that people should empower themselves with a basic understanding of nutrition, taking charge of their life, and attain optimal health and longevity through nutrition, not by toxic prescription drugs leading to side effects. This is clearly a deadly recipe. The good news is Doc Wallach's message is resonating with an increasing number of Americans who are waking up to all the big government and big pharma manipulation of our healthcare system. I like what Doc Wallach is saying and doing to enlighten people about healthcare and have joined forces to help this tireless crusader spread his message. Visit InfoWarsTeam.com and listen to Dr. Wallach's Deadly Recipes Lecture. 
It makes a lot of sense, and I want you to join our InfoWars team. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. If you own a septic system or if you're facing costly septic system replacement, this message is for you. When you want to stop paying for pump outs and avoid backups, when you've had enough of the foul odors and costly repairs, use BioSafe One Septic Solution. Now there's an easy-to-use, 100% guaranteed answer to all your septic system problems. BioSafe One Septic Solution. BioSafe One is patented and made specifically for all septic systems and made by the same team of scientists who help clean up the Exxon Valdez oil spill. BioSafe One decontaminates and removes sludge, stops costly pump outs and repairs and remove septic system stench all with a 100% success rate see what gives biosafe one septic solution the advantage over any other septic product at biosafeone.com that's b i o s a f e o n e.com biosafeone.com or call toll free 1-866-424-6663 that's 1-866-424-6663 biosafe one the guaranteed biofriendly money saving way to clean your septic system As many people know, ever since President Nixon took us off the gold standard, the U.S. dollar has been devaluating. What people don't know, however, is how this directly affects your personal finances. Is there a way to protect your portfolios from losing value? The answer to all of this is gold and silver. They both have maintained their purchasing power for 6,000 years. If you had $100,000 in cash and $100,000 in gold and silver back in 1913 and kept them until now, your cash would have the buying power of only $4,800. But your gold and silver would have the buying power of three million dollars the answer to protecting your assets is simple call john ballman today at 1-800-686-2237 extension 169 get all your questions answered before your money is worth zero call 1-800-686-2237 extension 169 take action today while we still accept paper dollars for gold that's 1-800-686-2237 extension 169 Fight back this cold and flu season with the world's best garlic extract, Ali C. Why Ali C? Because it helps your body fight viruses, bacteria, and fungi. Ali C has been scientifically proven in double-blind studies using low doses to greatly reduce the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Ali C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin, the active ingredient in crushed garlic. Studies show Ali C is effective against MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections. One tablet of Ali C has the equivalent of 40 cloves of garlic. Ali C supports your body's resistance to all types of conditions and can help lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. So boost your body's resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Ali C. For more information and to order Ali C, call 877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com. That's 1-877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com for your Ali C today. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. You're listening to the Tech Night All Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what to expect. We have Steve Crucian, Mr. Gadget. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night All Live. And instead of Macs and PCs and 3D TVs and all that, we are talking about housewares. And I expressed my supreme skepticism over the possibility of getting a good shave with an electric razor. And Steve says, i got to give it a chance. Now, other than Norelco, the premium price brand, drop me a couple of other brands that we can talk about. All right. Braun, Panasonic, and Wall, as well as Remington. 
Um, it's, it comes down to whatever works for you. All of those brands and some others, some other lesser ones that don't come to mind immediately, provide good products that should be, well, let's call them under $100 products as well as over $100 products. But the other point I wanted to make was with regard to these premium, the idea that, that they sell a, uh, an electric razor that has a bath that goes along with it, I say, forget that, because there's no electric shaver made that doesn't have a head that pops off easily that you can't stick under the sink and rinse it off and be done. You don't need that other, that extra fancy thing. Uh, just get the shaver and get the type that uh, will, will operate, if you travel especially, that will operate whether you plug it in and the battery's dead or you use it on batteries and the batteries are charged. Be careful because a lot of them, when the battery is dead, if you plug it in, it won't work until the battery is charged. So you do have to be careful there. So I think we've pretty much uh, covered uh, the uh, a little primer on electric shavers. Let's go on to some other things. Okay, and I'll tell you what, in the meantime, over the next few weeks, I will consider the possibilities of an electric shaver okay. because you have to think it's kind of like what printer makers do, of course. They learn from Gillette. You sell the razor cheap. But the blades are very expensive, and they make tons of money over the course of six months, a year, two years. With printers, it's the same thing. You buy the printers relatively cheaply, and then you buy the consumables. And some of those consumables are more expensive than gold. Think about it. That's true. And let's also make the distinction that everything you said about printers only applies to inkjet printers, not to black and white laser, which is my preferred way to go anyway. But so you so we'll talk we'll talk later uh, privately about shavers if you like and I'll suggest some things and you can try them out. But in the meantime, let's talk some more about some housewares. You know, I travel a lot and I'm one of the unfortunate folks who generally travels with more than one suitcase. I can't do the carry-on thing because I got too much stuff. So I'm used to strapping my suitcases together and putting them trolley style one on top of the other. But there's a company that came out with a a, a $20 product uh, that was at the Travel Goods Association show, which is co-located at the houseware show in Chicago. So there are two shows in one. Anyway, it it is called the Train Reaction, and it is from a company called Club Glove. So Train Reaction, what is that? Instead of using the straps that come with your suitcases, this is a ladder type assembly that goes over the handle of the the lead one, the one you pull along. And that ladder allows you to then sort of strap the, the, the next one, the second one, on top of the first one. You will have to look this up, folks, but just bear, bear with me a moment. It allows you to strap the, the second one on top of the first one and, it, and have them adjusted so that the wheels of both of these suitcases are on the ground, tilted toward you as you, as you walk away, you know, dragging them behind you, at about a I don't know, 40, 50, 60 degree angle, something like that. And the net result is, the effect is that both of these suitcases with wheels, both with wheels on the ground, now can sit at this angle and not fall over. And it is as if they are weightless. You could haul two, three, four of these along. It doesn't really matter using these this train reaction device, which when you get to your destination, or I should say when you get to the counter to check your luggage, you unstrap it, and it's very lightweight, folds up, and you throw it in the pocket of your uh, suitcase, or if you have a little carry-on bag, you can throw it in that. This is very, very smart, and I've got links to that on my 
on my blog through my website at mrgadget.com. If you click the link to Housewares, it will be there. And one other thing I want to mention that really got my, uh, got my attention uh, is that this is the year, I think, where you're going to see the biggest push ever for ceramic cutlery. Ceramic cutlery is cutlery that doesn't have a metal blade. It has a zirconium oxide or zirconium something or other. Material is all white, very hard, and that is the blade. It is not steel. The only thing harder than a ceramic blade is a diamond. And what's the big deal? Well, there's money to be made. So there, there are people that are out there. You, you can see... Um, uh, a an ad on TV, you know, I've seen on TV the Yoshi blade for for 19.95, but wait, they'll give you two of them, kind of thing. Well, these are ceramic blades, but not necessarily the best choice. The point is that ceramic blades can be exceedingly sharp, uh, as sharp or perhaps even sharper feeling and acting than a metal blade. And what else is an advantage? Well, if treated well, they can remain sharp longer than a metal blade. So what's the advantage? Well, if you use a peeler, let's say, that is, a, that is made of, uh, where the cutting assembly is made of ceramics, it may look just like the metal with that slot, that sharpened slot, but it's ceramic. When you peel, let's say, a carrot, it is like cutting butter. It is that much of a difference between a metal blade and a ceramic blade when it comes to a peeler. And when it comes to slicing tomatoes or, or fruit or any, any soft flesh as well, not bone, but soft flesh, ceramics, if treated well and prepared well, in other words, sharpened properly to start with, do an amazing job. But don't be fooled into thinking that a, uh, some of the ads would have you believe, and this is what I'm so set against. I want to make sure that people know that a ceramic blade does not ever replace a drawer full of metal blades, of steel blades. It just isn't going to happen. On the other hand, a good quality ceramic blade is great for vegetables and, again, soft things. But you can't go through bone because it'll, it'll dull and nick and chip this ceramic material. But you will see this year will be the biggest push, and I want to encourage people to look into it. There are many interesting brands, some of which I will be testing through the year, uh, looking at ceramic knives, and including uh, Laguna Cutlery. There's a brand from Hampton Forge they call Dura Ceramica that I'm going to be taking a look at, and even little paring knives that are inexpensive from... Orca, you know, the brand they make the, the of glove kind of thing, or, or oven glove, the whole uh, silicone glove for the, uh, for the oven. Anyway, it's by a company called Mastrad. They make paring knives as well as Bodum, another great name in housewares. They make double wall insulated drinkware that's unbelievable. Lifetime Brands is another one. They have a Cuisinart branded line of ceramic knives. So there's a whole bunch of these. Pay attention to it. Check one out. And later in the year, uh, hopefully in the, uh, within a couple of months, I should have a, a good, uh, a good, some good coverage for you. And, you know, when I do what I do, I don't care, as you said, up front, I don't care about technical specs. I don't care about anything other than how easy it is to use. And let me give you one other uh, item from Housewares that actually uh, was, again, at the travel show uh, before we go into something else that is uh, right up our alley in consumer electronics. And this is something for everyone who travels. Don't want to get to the, uh, to the counter uh, where you turn in your bag and have it weigh more than 50 pounds. Well, 
it's very difficult to do it on a, on a regular scale at home, on a bathroom scale. So there's a company called Balanza, B-A-L-A-N-Z-Z-A. They are the leaders in portable travel scales, luggage scales. So basically you strap this device, which can be as wide as your hand, and you strap it to the handle of your luggage, you turn it on, and then you lift it with both hands until it sets, it beeps, and it shows you what the weight is. And it's small enough, it only weighs a couple of ounces, it's small enough to to travel with, so you'll never be caught with excess luggage charges. Again, this is terrible. And these, um, the Balanza Mini, uh, it's under $25, you'll find them online, with links uh, in my uh, in, on my website as well, and just remember Balanza Mini. So we're we're done with housewares and with travel goods for now. I'll have more coverage on my website because I'm not even done with it. But I, there's something else I'd like to talk about. Are we okay, I'll tell you what. We'll do that break? in a minute. We'll do that in a minute. But we first have to tell our listeners we're talking to Steve Crucian, Mr. Gadget. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! Of the Rockwells. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack, Attack. Of the Rockwell, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Go solar for cheap. Want to use solar power, but the price is too high? Now you can build your own solar panels for less than $200 at 123CheapSolar.com. Don't laugh. We've sold over 45,000 solar do-it-yourself kits. Watch the step-by-step videos that even non-handyman types can use. We offer a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to 123CheapSolar.com or call 800-713-0486. 800-713-0486. Reduce your foreign oil dependency when you go green with 123CheapSolar.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Never buy home canning jar lids again. No kidding. When you buy Tadler reusable canning lids once, you'll never buy canning lids ever again. Safely store emergency preparedness foods for years. Traditional metal lids are single-use throwaways containing BPA. But Tadler reusable canning lids are guaranteed to last a lifetime when used as designed for home canning. Tadler lids are made with a USDA and FDA-approved food-grade plastic, safe for direct food contact, and contain no BPA. Tadler lids are dishwasher safe, usable with standard pressure or water bath canning, eliminate food spoilage from acid corrosion, fit standard 
standard mason jars are indefinitely reusable and are proudly made in the USA. Place orders at reusablecanninglids.com or call 1-877-747-2793. 877-747-2793. Call 877-747-2793. Or go to reusablecanninglids.com. That's reusablecanninglids.com for Tadler Reusable Canning Lids. The original since 1976. Men, take control of your prostate health without the risk of nasty side effects with Prostate Secure. Early detection, regular prostate exams, and PSA tests are a must for men over 40. Listen, if you have symptoms of an enlarged prostate but don't want to take a drug with possible nasty side effects, or if you're over 40, then use Prostate Secure, a natural dietary supplement for men. Prostate Secure is a scientifically formulated blend of clinically significant amounts of natural ingredients. It brings together the most powerful plant sterols like beta cytosterol and saw palmetto, along with antioxidants such as vitamin D3, resveratrol, and lycopene to support good prostate health, proper urinary flow, function, and more. Check out ProstateSecure.com. Order online and save 10% with promo code SAVE10 or call 1-800-239-9432. That's 800-239-9432. Or visit ProstateSecure.com. Take control of your prostate health naturally with Prostate Secure. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. You're listening to the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what to expect. We have two more fascinating segments to spend with Steve Crucian, Mr. Gadget himself at mrgadget.com. Because if you're going to call yourself Mr. Gadget, you better get the website that goes with it. Okay, so we covered... Sure, ceramic blades, electric shavers, and I'm going to ask you about that when we finish the show. Maybe have a report back in a few weeks about what we hope for is a successful result. Lay something else on me. All right, we're going to switch gears uh, before possibly going back to housewares to finish up. But a few days ago, I received a report that the new Roxio Toast 11 was out. Now, I've been a Toast user and recommended it for many years as a great multimedia uh, bridge for especially, well, obviously for Mac users, but it's a great way to, to organize, manipulate, to, to copy stuff, to convert your media. It's just a, a all-in-one kind of software. But they have totally revamped the interface, totally revamped and revised the software in the new Roxio Toast 11 Titanium and in the new Roxio Toast 11 Pro, which I just received and have very little to say about it except for the fact that it's really cool and I love it. But let's talk about the features. Let's talk about what the new Toast 11 Titanium will do for all Mac lovers. Check this out. Not only can you can it capture audio and video from the web, so maybe you don't need Audio Hijack Pro, for example. So whatever is going on in your computer, whatever sound there is, if you're listening to music through some website or whatever the sound may be, you want to capture it, you can do that. You can do it from camcorders. You can do it from DVDs. You can do it from your, from your vinyl as well. You can also copy discs with one click, which I really love. Now, you can do that from the Finder. You can do that from Disk Utility. I get that. But you can also create custom compilations where you have multiple sources that you want to bring together uh, and make a disk from. You can do it easily in Toast 11 Titanium. You can also, if, if whatever media you have, and I love this, uh, you want to convert 
oh, let's say video, so that it will show beautifully on your phone, on your iPhone or your iPad, they have a convert button, which allows you to do that simply with tons of different codecs. The codecs will convert from and to whatever you may have. works beautifully. They also have built-in sharing. So now you can do all your stuff. You can create your videos. You can uh, format it for use on your phone or your iPad or for streaming. They've got a, a, a way to do it so that it is, it is optimized for streaming. And now you can go directly to Vimeo, Twitter, and to, and to your Facebook account. And then last but not least, we talked a little bit about burning CDs and DVDs or a Blu-ray disc. Now, why do you want to do that on a Mac? I don't know. Some people want to do it, but it's, it, you're capable. And it will also pull content from multiple drives that you may have hooked up to your Mac. So that's not just going to look only at your internal drive. If you've got externals, you can chase it down that way. We you should mention, of, that. of course, that Apple officially doesn't make a Mac with a Blu-ray drive, but you can get that. external Blu-ray drives. And for a Mac Pro, there are internal substitutes. That's correct. And remember, this is an $80 product. It works in concert and complements your, your iPhoto and your iTunes and you know your whole iLife suite. Now, remember, that was an $80 retail, so it means you can find it for less for Roxio Toast 11. Now, Roxio Toast 11 Pro gives you all of that plus, and this is a $129 or $130 retail, $129.99, so $130. But you can find it discounted. So not only do you get everything I just mentioned, but in the pro version, you get a full version of Adobe Photoshop Elements 9. Now, that's an $80 product discounted to about $80, I think, anyway. And truthfully, most everyone listening, I'd say greater than 95% of the people listening who want to do something more with their photos than iPhoto will do, Adobe Photoshop Elements 9 will do everything they need. They don't need to spend a fortune on, on the, quote, real, unquote, Photoshop, which is much more money, because Photoshop Elements 9 will do it all, and you get that included for the $130. Plus, it has another product called Photo Magico. It gives you high-definition slideshows, beautiful piece of uh, software that's included. They also give you a Toast plug-in for Bias Sound Soap. This is an audio noise reduction software that takes the pops and hisses and things out of, let's say, your vinyl. And uh, they also give you Smart Sound Sonic Fire. It's a, it's a custom soundtrack creation with tons and tons and tons of content included. So you have a, a soundtrack with lots of you know, sound effects and, and, and bridges and lots of, I mean, tons of them. I haven't even counted them up, but I'm going to guess it's well over 100. And on top of all that, with Post 11 Pro, you can, HD, you can do HD video authoring on Blu-ray discs and DVD. And that's all for $130. I'm very excited about this software. They have rewritten it from the ground up. It is worth a look. Definitely, if you go to Roxio.com and take a look, you'll see it right there prominently on the, on the main page right now. And I can't imagine any Mac user who is not into doing some of these things that I've mentioned who would not benefit from this software. And I'll have a report for you perhaps the next time we talk, unless somebody beats me to it or if you have the nice folks from, from Roxio on with you to talk about this software. This is just killer stuff. I'm anxious about that. I should mention to our listeners that Bias Soap, okay? We yes. mentioned that because it's not just Sound something soap. that gets rid of ticks and pops. No. It gets rid of the background noise. A lot of times we use Bias Peak Pro for mastering 
this radio show. And that's right. a very expensive, high-end audio editing product. They use it to make CDs and stuff. Sometimes the audio just doesn't come in very well because we're depending on guests who have telephones. And sometimes the phone connection is really bad and the hiss level is really bad. And we've got to do a little bit. There you go. Exactly. So, again, for $130, and that's, of course, without looking online for, for a better price, Toast 11 Pro, I just can't imagine that most people who are excited about doing something more than just email and uh, looking at YouTube on their Macs and doing Facebook uh, wouldn't like to see what this thing can do. And there's great tutorials built in as well. If you click on the Learn More buttons when you're at Roxio.com and looking at the, Toast, the new Toast products, the tutorials are outstanding. And they'll get you excited. So that's my uh, that's my take on on this new stuff. You have to watch the guided tour. Should we should we finish up by talking a little bit, uh, perhaps in the next segment about some more housewares? We have a couple of minutes for this one, but I wanted to ask you: Have okay. you gotten yourself a new MacBook Pro yet? No, but I have a good friend who just bought one, and it is pretty amazing that the new the Sandy Bridge technology built into these new MacBook Pros is so much better, so much faster than the previous MacBook Pro. It's it's a very exciting time, and, and thank goodness for Apple not raising the prices but giving you more for your money. One thing I'm intrigued about is Thunderbolt, which is that new interface, which is basically the, the performance yeah. of those expansion slots in the Mac Pro, okay? PCI Express, now imagine distilling that performance down to a little port that's exactly the same in look and in part functionality to the mini display port on your MacBook Pro. Now imagine that. You know, you can have external devices that give you the same performance as all that stuff you get in that very expensive Mac Pro. Yes, and I've been reading a little bit about Thunderbolt, about the technology, and of course Apple, just like they jump-started USB they, uh, when nobody else was doing it, and they, of course, brought FireWire to the world. But they're doing the same thing here with, with Thunderbolt. There's nobody else except, was it LaCie? Somebody's got an external drive, but they're just starting out with this technology, so there's not much out there. But what I read that was intriguing is that it, this is actually designed to be used with optical connectivity. And once you go optical, now you're talking about incredible speeds that are not capable, that wire, standard type wiring, copper wire or any other kind of wire, is not capable of delivering that kind of bandwidth over wiring. So once they go to that next step, maybe in a year or two, I don't know, uh, where Thunderbolt will be connecting to devices using optical connectivity, I don't recall the numbers, but they're astronomical. It is, um, it, is, it is almost, I hate to say this, but almost future-proof, at least for the foreseeable future. This technology, this Thunderbolt technology, is future-proof uh, because it is uh, built and designed for extreme bandwidths that we have never experienced, sort of the way that Verizon's Fios, their fiber-to-the-premises, is future-proof. They can deliver bandwidth that just won't quit to anybody who has uh, Fios uh, Internet or Fios TV. You know, uh, I, I'm enjoying 30 megabit per second, uh, megabyte per second uh, downloads. 30, amazing, and 25 up with with my new Fios connection, which they upgraded and said, "Oh, it's no, no extra charge, sir. We're happy to do this." 
Now, that's incredible, and you can only do that with fiber. U-verse is just not capable of doing it. There's no other technology that can support it, and that's the kind of thing that gets me excited about Thunderbolt. And, you know, of course, it's unfortunate that Verizon's only in a certain number of states. If you live, for example, here in Arizona, Fios will never come here, I don't think. Maybe in the future, and we don't expect to see fiber to the home from the local cable provider, Cox Cable. We have Steve Krush and Mr. Gadget. If you have a comment or a question about the show, write us, news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carding to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night All Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. The gadget man himself has agreed to stay for one more segment of the show, the Tech Night Out Live. We're talking to Steve Grushin, Mr. Gadget, and Steve's website is mrgadget.com, mrgadget.com. And we've had a kind of an interesting world of particular gadgets. We talked about housewares, electric shavers, the new MacBook Pros with Thunderbolt, the possibilities of the iPad 2, and lots, lots more. How about for our final segment, we go back to really nifty housewares? Well, you know, we see some trends, and that's what the houseware show is, is partially all about, in addition to seeing gadgets. There are a lot of companies that want to do automation for you in the home, in the kitchen especially. So we saw a whole bunch of new products that are combination rice cookers and porridge makers, in other words, cereal, but they also do bread. They do complete meals. Pressure cookers are, are, are big again uh, from companies like Fiesler. In, in the area of coffee, here's, this is huge. Krups, you know, the brand Krups, they showed 34 new products. That's incredible. So what a great market that is. And let's talk about DeLonghi, another company. They make uh, Italian lifestyle products. They had came out with a whole bunch of new countertop products that are not just uh, coffee makers, but for meal preparation. Lots of lots of new things. And we talked about ceramics, Bodum, the company that makes these these wonderful uh, borosilicate glass double wall drinking glasses or you know for wine and for and for coffee but they have a ceramic grill and we talk about ceramics for knives how about ceramics in a grill well what's what's good about ceramics well a ceramic base a thick ceramic base ceramics hold heat so you can start cooking and then take it off and have it continue cooking from the heat that's held into a ceramic element cheese things my goodness cheese is another big thing there are lots of companies that are showing 
Raclettes. Now, those are not not fondue, but a raclette is a, is a like a grill on the top, and then they have it has little trays beneath that you put toppings on. Be melted cheese could be one of them, but raclette that's that's big. Swiss Mar is a company that's making lots of these. Bosca B O S K A is another one, and I have to say that one overriding trend that we're all going to see this year, and that is traditional stores. Let's say like uh, Best Buy. We're going to see stores like that more and more and more get into some of these items, these lifestyle housewares items to sell than ever before. Because when you go into a Best Buy, let's face it, if they can sell you something that they didn't have last week and they can have it this week, well, that's going to be huge. And what these companies are looking at, and I just use a single out uh, Best Buy as an example because they're the brick-and-mortar consumer electronics retailer, they are going to be covering more and more of housewares. They have a small amount now, but I think this is going to grow with them and many other retailers that haven't traditionally sold a whole lot of housewares. You're going to see them there during this year and uh, following on to subsequent years. That's interesting. Is there a reason why they add space for that? Well, it's all about money. Let's say uh, if they can if they can sell you something when you walk in the door, so you don't need to go someplace else to do it. These are again, these are exciting kinds of products. They're quasi consumer electronics. If you plug them in, I'm not saying that they're going to have gadgets, you know, bottle openers and things like that, or knives, but. For them to have exciting coffee makers that are leading edge, for them to have some of these other items that, that we've mentioned or things that we haven't even thought of, of what could be carried by a Best Buy. Now, they think they do appliances, but they don't necessarily do traditional housewares. But let's say you didn't know much about rice cookers, just using that as an example, and you saw that Best Buy was carrying several of them. You might pay attention to it, especially if you saw an end cap with a little video running of what these things can do for you beyond just rice, for example. I, I, I think it's going to be big. The possibility, Steve, that I see is that you go into the store and you're going to get a new DVD or a Blu-ray or some kind of electronic product or maybe a cable, an Ethernet cable, and suddenly you see the end cap, and it's got this other thing, oh, the coffee maker is old, maybe I'll get a new one. Is that their philosophy, something like that, that maybe you'll discover it amongst all the other stuff they have? I'm sure it's all about, it's, it's about two things. It's about promotion and discovery. Yes, they want you to discover things, but if they, if they let you know that they're a destination for more than just consumer electronics, you're going to shop there. You know, if you go into a Bed Bath & Beyond today, which you're used to seeing, obviously, bedding and many of the houseware items that you and I have just talked about, but most Bed Bath & Beyond stores have gone in another direction in a way that I'm describing consumer electronics stores will be going. Bed Bath & Beyond, for example, they have a lot of cleaning supplies and makeup and things. Why? Because who's shopping at Bed Bath & Beyond? Well, a lot of women, for starters, because they, I'm not trying to be sexist, but let's face it, they do. But I see a lot of guys in there too. Hey, I go into Bed Bath & Beyond. But it struck me as very interesting to see the kinds of products that you normally would find at a grocery store in the cleaning supplies area and picnic things and like that, you find that at Bed Bath & Beyond. So uh, it's not really such a stretch to think that con traditional consumer electronics retailers will be, will be carrying different kinds of items, these houseware items, because I know that the consumer electronics industry is taking note of this category as a way to build additional revenue for the retailers. We noticed the local Target store. What do you think of Target? 
electronics, you think of maybe some drug items, you think of stuff that you get, bed, bath, and beyond, pillowcases, sheets, stuff like that, clothing, they're adding a big grocery and section. And groceries. Yes. That's right. Right here. Just they're like going to have the it open in about a week or two, and suddenly they want to compete with Walmart. They're basically going to try to beat Walmart at their own game. I was going to say, it's nothing new at Target. It may be new to you where you live, but Target, their so-called super targets, have for at least a few years that I'm aware of uh, had uh, very large grocery sections as well, just as uh, just as you see in, in Walmart. You know, uh, a nearby Walmart, I saw gutted, I don't know what they took out, because I don't remember, and it obviously wasn't that important, but they took it out, and now they've got a nice little grocery section with fresh meat and fruits and vegetables, as well. As, uh, as as frozen options, frozen items. So yeah, if they can make a buck, hey, you can you can find that. You go to your your CVS or your Rite Aid or whoever your Walgreens. Walgreens. Yeah. By the way, as yeah, far as Walmart, they, if you have a Walmart Supercenter, it's already got a big grocery section. That's the whole point. And so if Walgreens can't get into groceries the way Bed Bath & Beyond is getting into cleaning supplies, why can't consumer electronics retailers get into housewares? Makes sense. Well, I guess because Apple wants you to keep your Macs and your iPads and iPhones clean, they'll add a little cleaning section at your Apple there you store. Go. You know, we see now the commercials. There Apple now sells XYZ cleaner for your Apple gadget, guaranteed to do thus and so. I'm being ridiculous, right? Um, well, I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> we'll see. All we need is for the Apple Store to start carrying groceries, and then we've really got it. We've come full circle. And, of course, you pay for it with your iPhone or your iPad. There you go. So, you know, What's this thing does everything. It's the hub of your digital lifestyle, and it's going to empty your bank account at the same time. Steve Crucian, Mr. Gadget, tell our listeners where they can find more of what you do and give us a hint where we might see you or where you might be checking things out. Well, um, I, you will find me online, of course, at mrgadget.com, and I'm expecting to do some coverage coming up from the uh, hardware show, which is uh, in a month or two. Uh, and, of course, I'll be out and about for uh, the wonderful dads and grads time frame. So stick with uh, MRGadget.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Gadget. You can follow me on YouTube there at uh, my U- YouTube channel, although we haven't put up much uh, much lately. But check in there at uh, YouTube slash Mr. Gadget, as well as Facebook. I have my Mr. Gadget fan book page put in Mr. Dot Gadget, and you'll find my fan page there on Facebook, and I do post uh, fairly regularly, though not as much as people who do nothing else during the day but but tweet and post to their Facebook. But useful information, and I think the most important thing, the most important takeaway is that uh, I don't try to do technically oriented reviews and give you technically oriented information as much as useful information that when you finish reading what I've written, you'll have an understanding as a consumer for what I like and what I recommend, and I think you'll like it too. Steve Crucian, Mr. Gadget, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. It's always a pleasure, Gene. I look forward to seeing you or talking with you very soon. (laughs) 
you expect professional service from your doctor, your accountant, and even the girl who takes your morning coffee order. Why not from your domain registrar, too? Namecheap.com provides stellar service with no sneaky upselling. We offer more features and security options for your website than there are ways to order a latte. And new domains come with WhoisGuard to protect your personal info. At Namecheap.com, you can get your domain for as low as $2.99. Now is a great time to get to know Namecheap.com. Hey neighbors, Nuance offers Dragon speech recognition for a variety of platforms. Dragon Dictate for Mac, Dragon Naturally Speaking 11 for Windows, and Dragon Mobile Apps for BlackBerry, iPhone, and iPad. No matter how you compute, Dragon instantly converts what you say into text, helping you be more productive just by talking. Find out more at GetDragon.com. That's GetDragon.com. GetDragon.com. It's the winter cold and flu supplement sale at HerbalHealer.com. Take advantage of Herbal Healer Academy's incredible savings on the best cold and flu supplements available. Many of you know elderberry is exceptional against viral infections. Right now, Herbal Healer Academy has elderberry power. Regularly priced at $16.95, now incredibly low at only $10 for 60 vegetarian caps. For children and seniors, our Herbal Healer Academy flew away elderberry liquid is only $13 for a 4-ounce bottle. Also on Super Sale, olive leaf capsules, oregano oil plus capsules, and our incredible Respirate formula, Oregacillin Physician Strength Capsules for your lungs. Normally $34.95, now just $25. Hit the winter specials link at HerbalHealer.com for these cold and flu supplement specials and other on-sale products like apple cider vinegar, brain power, and neuro recovery. New customers get a free catalog with your first order. Log on and hit the winter specials now at HerbalHealer.com. Good day, Jim Newcomer from Midas Resources, March 18th, 2011. Gold opened this morning at 1420.30. A one-ounce gold coin can be purchased for 1456.87, 728.43 for a half ounce, or 364.22 for the quarter ounce. That's 1456.87, 728.43, and 364.22. The Constitution and the Bill of Rights have been reduced to old relics politicians ignore, trample with their outlandish, overreaching policies. Your support of the Campaign for Liberty stands in the way of this insidious process. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I've teamed up with the Campaign for Liberty to offer the authentic-proof quarter-ounce pure gold coin. For only $390 plus shipping, Midas will donate $100 to this incredible organization. Help fight big government by ordering your gold coin at 800-686-2237. You get to win twice by owning gold and fighting an overreaching government. Call 800-686-2237. Again, that's 800-686-2237. For centuries, silver has been used as a powerful natural antibiotic. And as a listener to this station, you probably already know the benefits of using colloidal silver. With so many websites to choose from, finding a reputable patriotic company with great products at affordable prices can be a difficult task. Introducing UtopiaSilver.com. UtopiaSilver.com carries the best, most effective, and most affordable colloidal silver and colloidal gold products in the industry. UtopiaSilver.com also carries products to fit your lifestyle, including weight loss, immune system defense, cleanses, herbs, joint and bone care, and much more. First-time customers using promo code GCN50 will receive 50% off all colloidal products. Visit us today at Utopia Silver. That's U-T-O-P-I-A Silver. UtopiaSilver.com or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338. UtopiaSilver.com. Taking back America's health care one American at a time. 
America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, just send it to news at technightall.com. That's news at technightall.com. And if you want to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from technightall.com slash radio. That's technightall.com slash radio. Or check us out at iTunes. We have Dan Morin. He's a news guy, senior editor over at Macworld Magazine and Macworld.com. And, you know, a lot of people will, of course, throw my words in my face. You know, I'll say something and then they'll say, well, you said this five years ago. How do you explain that? Well, of course, in the political world, you can't change your mind, although politicians do that all the time. But as far as I'm concerned, I reserve the right to change my opinions between now and the end of the show or the next commercial break. Okay? And I'm sure Dan agrees with me. You know, situations change. So back in January of 2010, as we go back through time through our virtual time machine or Doctor Who's TARDIS, whichever is most available to us, we look at this article he wrote for Macworld. Actually, it was a Mac user blog called Apple's Mythical Tablet, The Texts, The Thing. Now, understand, at this point in time, Dan had never seen an iPad. Nobody had seen an iPad. We just knew about the rumors. So what brought about this article, and how do you think your viewpoint has evolved, if at all? At this point, so this is shortly before the original iPad was announced. And at this point, so we'd all seen the iPhone, the iPod Touch, and we were very familiar with them by this point. We were having a lot of buzz about the tablet, and everybody was sort of speculating what this might look like. And for me, the, big, the biggest question in my mind was how were we going to enter text on this device? And, I mean, you know, in, in retrospect, yeah, it seems like a no-brainer that they would take the same sort of virtual keyboard approach um, in the iPad that they took in the iPhone and the iPod Touch. But at the time, it was harder to imagine, you know, would that scale up well? And if so, you know, would that be the choice that Apple makes or would they try something else entirely? And as someone who, you know, makes their, their living writing a lot, it seemed to me that, you know, the, the, this tablet device, if it really was the kind of thing that was going to be a wholesale PC replacement, that having a touchscreen keyboard would not be the ideal solution. And so I sort of laid out a couple of different options of ways that Apple might decide to go with this tablet if they were to release it. And of course, now what we've seen is that they've used something very similar to what they have on the iPhone and the iPod Touch. But I mean, you know, at the same time, there were also some concessions because if, as we remember, when, when Steve Jobs announced the first iPad, he also announced that there would be a keyboard dock. So you'd be able to dock your iPad and type in a physical keyboard and that there's support for Bluetooth keyboards, uh, uh, which has now made its way back to the iPhone as well. And so, I mean, I think that that to me, even now, says something about how text entry is viewed on the iPad. I mean, because they had to add this sort of concession of saying, well, you know, if you want to type more than something more, you know, longer than a quick email or a Twitter update or what have you, you're probably going to want to do it on an actual physical keyboard. And I don't know if they're still working on, you know, some other clever idea for inputting text or if they just figure this is good enough for now. But I still think that's one of the things that holds the iPad back, at least from from being sort of a replacement for your standard laptop, uh, is that typing on the, the virtual keyboard is really not the kind of thing you want to do for a long-form piece. 
Unless you're Steve Jobs, he liked to make us think that it was a <laughs> yeah. normal thing. Yeah, but you've seen his email responses. They're like, you know, one sentence long. I mean, well, I'm not sure. It. He's, <laughs> he's the king of pithy comments. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I had heard, and correct me if I'm wrong here, that accessory keyboards are not big sellers. Most people don't expect to engage in, what, large amounts of text entry, or they've somehow figured a way to get used to the virtual keyboard? I think that a part of it is that the use cases for the iPad are not the same as the use cases for a laptop. I mean, I, I think that, that people don't want to lug around a keyboard or they figure if they're taking their iPad with them when they go out to a coffee shop or they go on vacation, they're not going to be doing a lot of writing. They're going to be doing some web surfing, maybe looking at pictures, maybe watching you know a movie or something, but they're not going to be sitting down for the most part and writing long missives you know, to their thoughts out or whatever. And, and I think some people probably do bring uh, a wireless keyboard or a keyboard dock if they really if that's the kind of use that they get out of their iPad but you know for example I think people are you know they're sending emails uh, a short email or or enter something on you know a web page or what have you and they just need something that gets the job done they don't need something that's gonna you know hold up to a thousand words or what have you but it was kind of strange because at the same time when Apple showed off the first version of the iPad, they also showed off pages for the iPad. And so it was kind of weird to think, well, okay, you know, <laughs> they ex- clearly they expect us to do some writing on this device. Um, so so how do we accomplish that? But I wonder if may- maybe people just use that mostly for editing pages documents that were created on, on Macs. I don't know. Um, I tried out when, when the iPad first came out, I tried out bringing like my Bluetooth keyboard with me to like the coffee shop and doing some writing on it. And it's it's okay. It's not as fast for me as writing on a laptop. Like I don't have all the keyboard shortcuts. I it's harder to to you know go back and forth between an application like Pages and the web browser. You have to jump back and forth between using the keyboard as an interface and the touchscreen as an interface, which just requires a lot more mechanical movement than say going back and forth between a trackpad and a keyboard. It, it's not all the way there for me. But again, I think that's okay, just based on the kind of scenarios that people have ended up using their iPads for. Well, certainly. They expect you to do some kind of content creation. We have iMovie, of sure. course. Now we have GarageBand, but GarageBand, you're not typing. You're just basically pressing keys on a keyboard or strumming your guitar or moving things around. And that works great. And I think that those are those are cases where the interfaces are much more suited to a touchscreen interface because you don't have to have the kind of precision that you need when typing. I mean, my biggest problem right now is, you know, when I do respond to stuff on my iPad, I find that I'm constantly missing the space bar with my thumbs. The, the way that I would type on a normal keyboard, I will end up hitting like something, some letter in the bottom row, a B or an N or an M or something. And it's so frustrating because I always end up Going, having to go back and fix it, and I keep thinking this is just not this is not ideal for the for entering text. But right now, it's what we're stuck with. Well, I guess as people gravitate and as people learn other ways, we'll figure it out. But maybe dictation. Is I mean, key. that's, you sure. know, if we, we've all we've all watched Star Trek and people have seen people talk to their computer. I think there's, you know, and there's some great dictation software out there. If, I mean, I've used Dragon, Dragon Dictation on my iPhone and it's it's impressive what it can do. Um, and I have a friend who has a uh, Motorola Droid um, and the Android uh, OS has uh, sort of a text to or a uh, speech recognition built throughout the OS. And he uses it all the time because he really hates dealing with the little touchscreen keyboard. I think there are problems to be overcome in in that setup because you know we all look crazy enough as it is when we're talking on our bluetooth earpieces or whatever i think we multiply that by a couple times if everybody's walking around muttering to their cell phones but i think there's definitely cases where that is a more useful way of entering text well you have to look at the progenitor for the ipad which is of course the pad computers they were using at star trek next generation mm-hmm. and i don't recall them 
actually talking to it. I recall them just punching things on it. Yeah, I don't remember seeing people typing a lot. I, I don't know. I'm, I think that was something they glossed over because typing was not really glamorous in the future. Well, yeah. Yes, you did talk to the computer in Star Trek, but it was special commands. Most commands would still be entered from a control panel of some sort. Sure. And, and, and just in general speaking, in terms of dictation, people construct things, they construct sentences differently the way they talk than as opposed to the way they write. I mean, as I'm talking to you right now, you know, I'm thinking on the fly and my brain is doing something different than it does when I sit down and write something. You know, so ladies and gentlemen, that's... we're going to analyze Dan Moran's brain in future episodes <laughs> of the show. We're going to put him on the PowerCast where we can have people who claim to have telepathic powers and they're going to figure out just what's going on in there because it's got to be frightening. But then if you want to check my brain, it's even more frightening. We have Dan Moran, who is not frightening. He works for Macworld. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many files formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Reality check. There are many so-called health products coming out that are here today but will be gone tomorrow. They're fads. They're hype and a lot of gimmick. Life Change Tea is no fad. We've been around for years and we've been slowly growing. And our products have attracted loyal customers. Why? Because our products work. Cleansing your body. Losing weight. More energy and better overall health. And you might ask, says who? Our customers say. A company shows its colors with how many people reorder the product. So don't be afraid. We're the real deal. Log on to GetTheTea.com and read all the testimonies. In fact, log on and order at GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. Or call us at 928-308-0408. There's no call centers, just a friendly operator. 928 928- 308-0408. Once again, 928-308-0408. This is an urgent message. Urgent if you care about feeding your family. S510 has passed through Congress and will make the sale of heirloom seeds difficult. Prices of non-GMO seeds are skyrocketing and may be hard to afford in the future, if you can even find them. As the economy continues to decline, this will make the heirloom seeds worth their weight in gold and one of the best barter tools available. When food supplies eventually run out, your solution is to grow your own food and barter tool. 
Now, for a short time, GetSeeds.net offers 100 packets of heirloom non-GMO vegetable seeds for only $59. Pay with two ounces of pure silver or just $59. The best price on the net for high-quality seeds. Our GetSeeds.net seeds are open pollinated vegetable seeds sealed in a Mylar bag for long-term storage. Bulk pricing available. So get seeds while you still can at GetSeeds.net or call toll-free 877-341-4769. That's 877-341-4769. Did you know that drinking pure, high-alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining high energy and vibrant health? Most experts agree that the water you drink should be at a pH level of 8 or higher. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops, available only at AlkaVision.com, combine a unique formula of only the most alkaline minerals. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops alkalize your water, ridding the body of harmful toxins, and helps you regain health and energy. Alkalize your water by simply adding 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops helps the body rid itself of acidic waste, increases oxygen content, and raises the pH of your body to healthy levels. And bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Body. Supercharge your health at alkavision.com today. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. You're listening to the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what to expect. I don't know where we got into the crazy discussion of possibly examining the brain of Dan Morin. You know, I understand when they assembled him, you know, they had two brains. They had this brain, and they had the one with the name Abby Normal on it. <laughs> now, that's my brain, you know, the Abby Normal one. That's real oh. trivia. <laughs> that's a classic. It is, it is. Okay, so we look at the iPad 2, and Apple is having one whale of a time of keeping them in stock. Is it production problems? Did they underestimate demand so much that even if they built a couple of million, they couldn't get them into the store shelves fast enough? I, I mean, they have pretty good forecasting. But as you know, as Tim Cook was saying, I think in, in January on their last conference call, you know, they were still having trouble keeping the iPhone 4 in supply. I mean, and they said, you know, they, they always classify this as this is a good problem to have. You know, the fact that we can't build them fast enough is, it indicates, you know, there's, there's huge demand. I think that, you know, in the case of the iPad 2, I certainly did not necessarily expect this to be a blockbuster seller in the, in the same way. I mean, granted, I didn't expect the iPad, the original iPad, to be a blockbuster seller to the extent that it was. I mean, it caught on hugely. And since the iPad 2, um, in many ways, seems to be such an incremental improvement, it seemed hard to imagine that it would, you know, end up falling prey to the same demand. That said, it does seem like there is certainly a lot of that. I walked in to my local Apple store on Saturday morning um, and, you know, asked the, one of the guys working there if they had any iPad 2s at all, and they had zero. Um, and I know that's definitely the case in a lot of other brick-and-mortar Apple stores and that the, the online store is showing a four- or five-week uh, ship time now. 
Um, I managed to get one in that I, I was on my way out of the mall and, and thought to myself, wait, there's a Verizon store in the mall. And I had planned on getting a Verizon model. So I walked up to the Verizon store. And sure enough, they said, well, we only have the, the black 32 gig version. I said, that is exactly what I'm looking for. And they said, oh, we can help you out then. So, but I mean, that, that just goes to show that there are not, they, you know, there was a lot of demand. Um, there, were, there were some lines. There were people interested in getting them. It's hard to say how many they've moved or how many they expected to move. Uh, I think it's going to be, uh, we'll have to wait until the next time they do their financial results to hear them really talk about how the inventory is holding up and if there's a particular issue holding up the supply chain or if it's just a matter of, you know, they can only make them so fast. But I am I, worried, I guess, over what's happened in Japan, not just because of the personal tragedies, but how manufacturing of semiconductor parts is being impacted and whether this is going to cause all companies, not just Apple, but Motorola and Samsung and all these other companies to have more difficulty getting certain parts they need because they are made in Japan. Then again, you know, maybe after a few days, production lines will start to ramp up again. Now, you told me before we got hooked up for this episode, you spent all of five minutes with a Motorola Zoom. Is that over at the Verizon Wireless store, the Motorola Zoom? No, actually, a friend of mine had one, um, and I was out to dinner with him, and he was sort of passing it around to me and some of his, our other friends. Um, I, only, I only got hands-on with it for a little bit. I will say that my impressions were – it's kind of a cool device. I mean, I haven't used a lot of other – tablets so i don't have much to judge it against beyond the ipad i have used a variety of different smartphones and i've never been hugely enamored with android on a smartphone i mean i definitely i think it's a very capable device it's just not one that's personally interesting to me but is the uh the zoom with the honeycomb android software was was cool um it definitely has some things that are going for it in that it's a different design direction than the iPad. And yet it's it's also what's nice about it is that it's clearly something that's still aimed at being not a, you know, Microsoft has tried, for example, several times to, to come up with these tablet PCs. And they the approach they always took was let's adapt Windows, you know, that runs on our PCs to run on a tablet. And I think that was, you know, just a terrible failure for them every single time they tried it. And so, you know, Android is clearly... In that, um, the way the Android has rolled out, Google has taken a page from Apple's playbook and said, look, we can use some of the sort of same underlying stuff that we've been creating, but we need to really need to tune this so it works for a different type of interface. And I think they've done a pretty good job of that. There are still some some hiccups and there are some things that, are gonna, that need to be fixed, but you know, Google's shown that they're committed to releasing uh, updates and fixing problems and really making a lot of changes in the way that they... Uh, in the way that they handle these touch interfaces. So from that regard, I think that, you know, there's a lot of potential in something like the Zoom. Now, you know, the hardware itself, I, I didn't use long enough to speak to. I know there's, a you know, a lot of criticisms about it's, it's expensive. Um, you know, you can only get it at its cheapest price with a subsidy. Um, parts of it don't, the hardware don't work yet, I guess. The SD card slot, you need to wait to upgrade it to 4G. I mean, but keep in mind that Android is a open source uh, you know, software platform, and that there will be a number number of other device makers making tablets based on the same software. Well, so, the other issue you always have then, and this is the problem that's been in existence on the smartphones using Android, is that each maker, each carrier, adds their own custom stuff. So it's not like a Mac or Windows or an iOS device where you know, even with Windows, you have maybe a million manufacturers or whatever. 
But you know it's Windows, and what you learned about Windows is not going to change that much. Yeah, maybe they'll add a little bit more junkware to the desktop or stick their custom logo on there. But that's about as far as they go. Right. But with Google, there is not that kind of restriction. So, yeah, for they, example, Verizon can, can go ahead and say, okay, yeah. you can't use Google Search. How about using Bing because we made a contract with Microsoft? Yeah, and uh, I know companies like HTC have their little UI overlays that they, they run off the top. And some of those have been popular. I know I hear people say the HTC ones are actually pretty nice, but um, it is it is a bit of a challenge because it means that if you buy an Android device and then a year or so later decide to replace it, uh, you could be looking at a totally different user interface. Or if you borrow your you know partner's or your friend's phone to use for something, you know all of a sudden you don't necessarily know how to use it right off the bat. But at the same time, I think the kind of people who are buying Android phones are the people who want a certain degree of customization that they can't get from the iPhone. Um, And that's fine. I mean, that's just a different way of approaching it. I think that that's a valid approach. There's a lot of people who aren't happy with the one-size-fits-all that the iOS has offered. And so, you know, that's cool. If they want to, you know, have something a little more tweakable, then, then Android is definitely the place for them to go. Looking at the tablets, though, when a product becomes an icon, a cultural icon, like the iPad, and this was obvious when we saw the crowd show up during the rollout of the iPad 2, it doesn't matter If the Motorola Zoom is even faster, and it's probably not based on early benchmarks, if it's equal, that's not enough. It's got to be way, way superior in every respect to get the attention of the public. You know, right now you have the same annoying commercials that tell me it's got a lot of hardware and you can shake it. But I don't know what I could do with it. Do I want to shake it? Do I care if it has this fancy interface and this powerful hardware? I think they're selling the wrong thing. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it is going to depend on what you can do with it and and more specifically what you can do with it that you can't do with an iPad. Um, And I think at the moment, uh, it's interesting. It really seems to rely on some of the built-in capabilities of the software. They're saying things like true multitasking and things like, um, you know, a better notification system, et cetera, which are not necessarily, you know, huge marquee features, but they're, they're chinks in the armor of the uh, of the iOS devices, but they're, they're operating at a huge deficit because of things like the huge iOS app ecosystem, right? You know, there's hundreds of thousands of applications uh, that you can run on your iPad, and uh, that's a hard number to come up against because, you know, you got to find something that's equally as good. If you want to, you know, say, do something like GarageBand, um, which you can do on the iOS. I don't think there is a good competitor on the Android platform, and so it's hard to make that you know argument for people who are interested in using GarageBand or iMovie or something like that. Um, there, there's no serious competition on the Android side yet, or things like games. I mean, games are a huge part of the iOS ecosystem, and while some of them have, you know, you've seen some go to Android. Uh, a lot fewer than, than you can get on your iOS device, and that's that's really hard for them to compensate for. And it may reach a point where Apple is so far ahead it becomes the iPod all over again. It's not like, for example, the iPhone, where you had a large market of existing smartphones selling lots of copies. We're talking about a situation here where the market hadn't gone anywhere. And suddenly Apple goes in there just like with the iPod and things change. Dan Warren of Macworld Magazine is joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live.
Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! Of the Rockwell. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack, Attack. Of the Rockwell, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Extend your life with Extendovite. Hi, my name's Russ, and after my heart attack, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I needed to keep on working, but now it's becoming a problem. I heard about these garlic cayenne drops and hoped it would help me. Well, I've been taking them for about four months, and the way I'm feeling now, I can see how I just might make it to retirement, thanks to Extendivite. My name's Don Wiskin, and I want you to know Extendivite works. If you're looking for more energy, or just want to be as healthy as you can, now is the time to join the growing list of real people benefiting from Extendivite. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with ExtendoVite. Going solar for cheap is as easy as one, two, three. If you want to go solar but thought the setup costs were too high, now you can build your own solar panels for less than $200. Don't laugh. We've sold over 45,000 solar do-it-yourself kits. Watch our introduction video at 123cheapsolarvideo.com. The video is free, but it won't last long. Save money on electric bills and get off the grid. Go to 123cheapsolarvideo.com right now. Our website again is 123cheapsolarvideo.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Men, take control of your prostate health without the risk of nasty side effects with Prostate Secure. Early detection, regular prostate exams, and PSA tests are a must for men over 40. Listen, if you have symptoms of an enlarged prostate but don't want to take a drug with possible nasty side effects, or if you're over 40, then use Prostate Secure, a natural dietary supplement for men. Prostate Secure is a scientifically formulated blend of clinically significant amounts of natural ingredients. It brings together the most powerful plant sterols like beta cytosterol and saw palmetto, along with antioxidants such as vitamin D3, resveratrol, and lycopene to support good prostate health, proper urinary flow, function, and more. Check out ProstateSecure.com. Order online and save 10% with promo code SAVE10 or call 1-800-239-9432. That's 800-239-9432. Or visit ProstateSecure.com. Take control of your prostate health naturally with Prostate Secure. 
The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Welcome back to the Tech Night All Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We return Dan Morin of Macworld Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. We're talking about the iPad 2 and the fact that, you know, Apple can't find a way yet to get enough of them to satisfy demand. And we don't know if it's production problems, excessive demand too, whether, of course, the crisis in Japan is going to make it more difficult for different consumer electronics companies to build their gear on the long haul. We have to see how that affects the supply chain. Certainly, we don't know. Let's just continue with that. Now, with the iPad 2, did you see anything about it? And I'm going to ask the other side of the question that was disappointing to you, that maybe Apple could have done better. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of things that I've seen. You know, in some ways, as, we, as a lot of people have said, it's not a huge revolution. I mean, despite the fact that even as Steve Jobs sort of came out and tried to pitch it as this is, you know, totally newer and better, and there are some really nice things about it. It is thinner. It is lighter. It's got a nice feel to it. it. They added a couple of features. It's not, like, hugely groundbreaking. I mean, the biggest new features that you're going to find on there are, are really, on the outside, are the cameras. And the cameras have been dinged a lot from, from those who say, well, you know, these are pretty pretty paltry, especially when compared with the iPhone 4 cameras. I don't think that's a huge deal. I mean, I think that the reason that they added the cameras was because, you know, they wanted to bring FaceTime, for example, um, and they wanted the ability to, I think, third-party, there are a lot of third-party apps to take advantage of some of the rear-facing camera for doing things like scanning barcodes or, you know, taking pictures of items and then searching online for them, like the Amazon app. Um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of functionality you can get with a camera in terms of data entry, and I think that was a really important part to them to, you know, have that app ecosystem for those types of things be brought over. Parity, you know, so that now the iPod, touch the iphone and the ipad all have dual cameras so you don't have to worry as much about uh am i writing this for a device that doesn't have a camera and what's the use case i think those were nice but again the quality of the cameras is is kind of low when it comes to certain cases i don't know i mean i think a lot of the improvements the the ipad is is was a pretty pretty well thought out device in period in its first incarnation um and i think where you'll still see a lot of improvements we're, we're kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop because because, you know, we're, we're talking about now an OS that was major, you know, shipped last summer. Apple so far has been revamping their, their iOS uh, about every year. So I think we're still waiting for the other shoe to drop in terms of what iOS 5 will bring um, and how that will change, you know, the capabilities of the tablet. But basically, you know, they made these things so much especially with the with the iPad to the internal changes the the dual core processor more ram has definitely set it up to be a lot more capable device now of course one of the arguments i guess they make with the android devices is that's true multitasking in the sense that's like mac os 10 that all apps can be handled equally whereas apple does what we call true multitasking with their own apps but what they did with other apps is kind of a limited subset of multitasking to allow it to work in very specific, carefully defined areas. Is Apple going to have to expand that, or is that enough? I mean, does anyone care other than the three or four people who complain about it? I don't think that it's a primary uh, complaint for a lot of people because the use cases that Apple has set out 
have for the most part, you know, handle the common cases, for example, streaming music in the background or uh, having apps be really responsive and being able to switch back and forth between them. Um, so I think a lot of the cases that are left are things where it doesn't, uh, you, you know, it would be nice in some cases, but not really necessary and people aren't going to see a difference. And in fact, I think, I don't think they're going to change it because you can see indications in where they're moving with the Mac OS um, in terms of Lion bringing support for the same sort of state saving um, fast app switching that we've seen in iOS making its way back to the desktop. I think that's an indication that they really think that that's an important part of the experience. Um, and so, I don't think they're going to, you know, make a wholesale switch and say now all our apps run, you know, all the time in the background because I think they're they're very concerned about things like battery life and chewing up processor resources, memory, that kind of stuff. And so I think they're 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 committed to controlling that to provide a better experience. I think we may see them expand the cases in which the, these they allow for these background processes. One place that they haven't really um, that, that's kind of a gap is that applications which want to pull for data online in the background can't easily do that. So if you've got like an RSS reader or a Twitter client or what have you, you have to you know switch to it, wait for it to download all the updates, and then view it. And that kind of adds a little bit of a, a pause to your experience. And so I would be curious to see if they might add a system-wide service that apps can tap into in which they can say, you know, I want to every hour download uh, you know this data, and then the system can handle that and parcel it out to the apps as they as they come to the foreground. So I think you'll see them expand along the same lines that they've already uh, established, but I don't think we'll see the wholesale you know, total multitasking revamp. It may also be there will be a point where something like an iPad truly has resources and capabilities that are much closer to a desktop computer and then there would be some subtle expansion. I think one of the areas where I think anyone can criticize Apple is with push notifications. Mm -hmm. That's just done rather badly. You have one notification, a modal dialogue, which means you have to dismiss it before you go on. But what happens... If you forget what it was, you want to bring it back, or there are four other push notifications that come in the interim. Yeah, that's that's definitely one of the weak spots, and it's something I look forward to them hopefully improving in a subsequent version of iOS. And it's one place where their competitors have taken very different approaches and arguably superior approaches. I think in particular... Uh, what used to be Palm's WebOS and is now HP's WebOS um, handles notifications very well. It gives you like sort of little icons along the bottom of your screen and you get like a brief sort of pop-up um, that doesn't interfere with your work, doesn't like force you to hit, like take all your attention to it and you can dismiss them very easily or get back to them very easily. But I think absolutely that, that Apple, that's one place that Apple, the iOS has fallen behind. You know, there's so many potential things that we get notified by on a daily basis, whether it be new email or, you know, new a text message or what have you, that we need a way that doesn't take up all our attention every time and that doesn't interfere with all our previous notifications. And so it would be nice to think that they've got a solution for that, that they're, they're waiting to roll out. But uh, we're still waiting on that one. Also, anything like this, you don't just roll it out overnight. You know, someone says, okay, it has to have that feature. We want to see it tomorrow. But programming doesn't come that way. You don't just see it tomorrow. Maybe you find the way to make it work. Make sure what you're doing doesn't hurt every other kind of functionality. Right. Yeah. And you test it to make sure it doesn't crash everything or use excessive resources. And some people, this is another important point too, some people say, well, I don't mind if we crash our computers or we crash our smartphones, we should have the right to do that. 
we shouldn't have Apple be the curator of our user experience. But, you know, don't you want to have a controlled environment, say, with a washing machine? <laughs> yeah, I certainly don't want my washing machine crashing on a, on a regular basis. That's for sure. <laughs> you have more and more computerized interfaces with those washing machines. So I kind of wonder, you know what? <laughs> Maybe it'll happen, you know. I mean, even with things like Blu-ray disc players, okay? My Blu-ray player needs periodic firmware updates to fix something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a, a uh, I mean, there's a lot of people who make the argument that an iPad or an iPhone is closer to an appliance in many ways than, than it is to a computer. Uh, and I think there's something to be said for that that terms of the controlled experience. Again, you know, it's a matter of preference to a certain degree. Those people who, you know, aren't as interested in that are probably not best suited for an iOS device. Um, that's probably not what they're looking for. But, you know, there are a lot of us who just like it to, to for the most part, just work, as we used to say about the Mac. And so I think that there's a, there's a good argument for that in terms of the iOS devices having those that just work. So if you are given the position of being the system architect for iOS 5, and we've gone through, obviously, the issue of push notification, maybe a somewhat better multitasking system, more flexible. What else do we think they should add? There's a lot of little changes here and there that I'd like to see. Uh, things uh, in some of the apps, like, for example, in mail, I would love to have the ability to flag messages. That's a big part of my workflow on my Mac. And I, the fact that I can't do it on my iOS devices is very frustrating. And a couple other things like that here and there. But the kind of one of the big ones, and I don't, I don't necessarily think that they'll address this in iOS 5, but I would love to see some progress on this, is a reimagining of the home screen experience. Because I really think, you know, when Apple set out, when they launched the original iPhone, the home screen was was a brilliant idea, right? You know, you had this set number of apps. They were all from Apple. That was it. There was just one screen. And you just tapped on the thing you wanted to do. Text messages, there you go. Email, there you go. Web browsing, etc. But they didn't, I don't think they really, you know, anticipated the kind of popularity that there would be from, you know, third-party developers to make apps. I mean, they didn't even have a third-party developer solution um, for a while until, for, for a solid year there. And so, it was a big change when all of a sudden we had all these applications and, you know, it took them first, they let you have multiple home screens and you could rearrange your apps and that got kind of overwhelming. And so they added the ability to manage your apps on iTunes, but that's kind of clunky and it's a different sort of interface. Then they added the ability in iOS four for folders, which helps to a certain degree, but it's but also you know what? still We're little have to explore all the ramifications in a moment. Dan Morin of Macworld joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the tech night out live. Hi, Ted Anderson announcing a great way to listen to radio on the telephone. By calling 760-569-7700, you'll be hearing GCNlive.com programs in seconds. Come to GCNlive.com, find your favorite host's dedicated phone number, and hear them 24-7. You heard me right, every show has a dedicated phone number. Stop by GCNlive.com and bookmark their number today. And again, that's 760-569-7700. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. 
Welcome back to the Tech Night All Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. More with Dan Morin of Macworld Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. And we've been discussing the iPad, iPad killers so-called, the iOS, the 4.3 update just came out, and what iOS 5 might have. And isn't it, based on what you're saying, true that a lot of what's happened with the iPhone and also with the iPad, these things were not fully anticipated by Apple. There's no way for them to predict how 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 million customers are going to use their products. They could only make a good guess and then go with the flow. Yeah, sure, absolutely. That's that's definitely a part of the experience. Is um, it's hard to know if your device is going to be a hugely you know successful icon. Obviously, I think they hoped so, but I suspect it it, it perhaps even exceeded their. <laughs> we can go so far as to say their wildest dreams, but some of their wilder dreams. Um, and so having you know an ecosystem where you now have hundreds of thousands of applications is a bit different from launching a phone that had a dozen. And so. I think, you know, it's hard to foresee what kind of way, that, as you're saying, uh, how people are going to use their, uh, you know, these devices. And as such, um, I think we've all adapted to and gotten used to using them in certain ways. And, and Apple thinks it's sort of, you know, fixed address some of these problems. For example, the ability to manage how many apps you have on your home screen. But in some ways, those seem to me more like a Band-Aid when what we really need is, you know, <laughs> some surgery to go in and figure out what the underlying problem is and how people interact with their devices. And I'm I'm not sure that's something Apple wants to do or is really thinks is broken. But as someone who uses my phone a lot and has a lot of different apps, um, I can tell you that my best, you know, even my best attempts at organizing my applications mean that I spend a lot more time hunting for them than I would like to. Well, that takes us to the desktop, Mac OS X Lion. Now, we can't officially say that any of us have seen the developer preview because Apple puts that under non-disclosure, but plenty of stuff is online, and certainly Apple has a lot of information about Mac OS X Lion. And one of the things they have there is Launchpad, which is bringing that desktop from the iPhone and the iPad to the Mac, but people on Macs may have 100, 200, 300 apps. Do you want a launch pad with 100 pages on it? Uh, personally, not not really. And I mean, I think that's one of the things that depresses me a little bit about the iOS is seeing that, again, that they're embracing this on the Mac side seems to me to suggest that they think this is a, you know, a dandy solution for this problem. That said, there are what's great about the Mac is the opportunity for third-party developers to come up with other solutions to this. And I think there's something very, probably very comforting um, about Launchpad for users who might go to a Mac from an iOS device who either have a Mac but, you know... A, don't use it as much as they'd like to, or for people who are buying a new Mac because they've had such, you know, a success with their iOS device, to have an interface that is so closely mimicking uh, a device that they use so frequently, I think will be a very, it'll make, a, you know, the adoption a lot easier of, of jumping to, to a computer. And so I think that's a very smart move on Apple's part, and it certainly um, it helps capitalize on the success of these devices. But for those of us who have been using Macs for many years, I don't know if it's going to be uh, have a huge impact on us. Well, obviously the question here is at Apple whether they should be grafting iOS features back to the Mac, whether it makes sense. I'll give you one example. Supposedly you'll have the option of having the same kind of scroll bar that you have on the iOS where it's not there unless you basically touch the screen 
and the document that you're viewing requires scrolling. And the same would be true for the Mac. You click the mouse and it would be there. But that sounds stupid to me because you should know even before you touch something whether this document or this window needs to extend or is extending beyond the depth of the screen. Why should you have to basically touch something to realize that fact? Yeah, it's a weird UI decision and not one that I find particularly appealing. I haven't, you know, I haven't spent too much, you know, a lot of time with it in action other than to see, you know, the kind of way that the Apple's demoed it. But it's not something I particularly am looking forward to. I'm, I'm hoping there's an option that, that lets me choose whether or not I want to go in that direction. But there are a lot of weird choices that don't make sense from, uh, you know, going from an interface where you touch things and interact with things via touch as opposed to an interface where you interact with something via a pointing device, whether it be a, uh, you know, a mouse or a trackpad or what have you. Um, another thing that I know some people online were complaining about was by default they had reversed the scrolling direction to mimic the way an iOS device scrolls, which is to say, you know, you drag up to go up and you drag, you know, it's 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 very counterintuitive in some ways as opposed to scrolling with the sort of the two-finger scrolling approach that they've used on their trackpads for years, which works in an opposite direction. But, you know, to do something as, as drastic as as changing an expected behavior 180 degrees is kind of mind-boggling and well you know, as long as there's an option to turn it off which is which is fine but and i can tell that you know again i think part of the reason they're doing it is to uh, make people comfortable who are coming from ios and you know at least providing an option is good but you know if a, the the persuasiveness of a default is very powerful right and if you know you find yourself helping out friends with computers who don't know as much and you know maybe haven't turned it off they may adjust to the to going in that direction and as that happens that that sort of may become the popular trend uh, and it's a little bit frightening to to think about from the perspective of someone who's you know been using computers for for a long time but we'll have to see how it goes i guess i think what apple wants to do obviously is by enforcing this similarity between the operating systems it sells more macs because people don't feel they have to learn how to use a mac anymore because it works just like their ios device more or less it's not like in the other days where we had to worry about windows so much but then again microsoft doesn't seem to know what it wants to do with its mobile platform so we can't even worry about having things that may resemble windows or vice versa yeah i mean that's a very different situation and and i think microsoft has been struggling to try and figure out what they're going to do with their uh you know with their mobile operating system and and how that will basically play or not play with their their desktop system but um, it's a different it's a different world. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of us started using computers in a world that was dominated by this struggle between the Mac and the PC to a certain extent, especially those of us who have been Mac users for a long time. We always saw ourselves as compared to, you know, Windows users, the vast majority of the population. And now, even though many of us are iOS users, I think, you know, in some ways it's not so different as to see us, you know, Mac versus iOS users. And, and still, there's still a certain amount of the, we're holding on tight to the kind of things that we've been using for so long that we really loved about the Mac, but they're under siege from Apple itself now. As long as you have an off switch. Yes, well, that, that's what I'm hoping for. All right, let's move briefly in the remainder of this segment and maybe the next to something I was mentioning in my columns, which you'll be seeing our listeners in a few days at technightout.com. And that is we now have a MacBook Pro family It's got the new Thunderbolt port, which is like putting an external PCI Express 
expansion slot, up to six of them on a MacBook Pro. Now, by seeing all these features, and we have quad-core power, used to be the province of the large tower computers from Apple. As they move this stuff to portables, to iMacs, are we seeing that maybe the handwriting is on the wall for a Mac Pro eventually? Not this year, but maybe three or four years from now? I mean, it's definitely one of the, one of the places where the, the high end has been uh, in some ways compressing. As you say, a lot of the, the Macs that we're seeing come out now that used to be sort of consumer level um, are getting used more and more for professional level activities. That said, I'm not sure the, the Mac Pro is going away anytime soon. Apple did recently kill uh, last year, I believe late last year, the XServe, its server line product. Um, and that was, you know, caused a big hubbub. And I think that, you know, maybe a lot of people who you rely on that kind of hardware are sort of concerned about what that means for the Mac Pro. Um, I don't know. I think it's interesting to compare it a little bit to the iPod line uh, and see that the the iPod Classic, which is the last sort of hard drive-based music player the that harkens back to the original iPod from 10 years ago, um, to see that that is... That's still there, you know, even though a lot of people have, have speculated every year when the, when the revisions come around that it's going to be totally dead. Uh, it seems to still be surviving because there's a, there's a niche that wants that, that wants what that provides, the huge amount of storage space that the that flash memory can't quite provide yet. We'll and I think have in to the go same into way, this and more in a moment about the future of the Macs and what kind of configuration they might take. We have Dan Morin of Macworld Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Have you been sitting on a few great domain name ideas but haven't locked them in for yourself? Good. Now you can buy them through the number one domain name registrar, Namecheap.com, as voted by the top tech blog Lifehacker. Just like the name says, you can buy domains cheap, as low as $2.99. And every new domain comes with WhoisGuard, our special privacy service, free for the first year. Now that you know, it's time to grab those domain names before someone else does. Namecheap.com. Go now. Namecheap.com. Ever been at a concert and wished your friends could experience the atmosphere with you? Ever been on a mountaintop and wished your family could experience the same view? Ever thought they've got to see this, but simply taking a picture wasn't enough? You gotta see this! Creates a special collage of images using the iPhone 4 gyroscope. Share your experiences in a unique way with You Gotta See This for the iPhone 4 and the iPod Touch 4th Generation, coming this week at the App Store. As many people know, ever since President Nixon took us off the gold standard, the U.S. dollar has been devaluating. What people don't know, however, is how this directly affects your personal finances. Is there a way to protect your portfolios from losing value? The answer to all of this is gold and silver. They both have maintained their purchasing power for 6,000 years. If you had $100,000 in cash and $100,000 in gold and silver back in 1913 and kept them until now, your cash would have the buying power of only $4,800. But your gold and silver would have the buying power of $3 million. The answer to protecting your assets is simple. Call John Ballman today at 1-800-686-2237, extension 169. Get all your questions answered before your money is worth zero. Call 1-800-686-2237, extension 169. Take action today while we still accept paper dollars for gold. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 169. 
Never buy home canning jar lids again. No kidding. When you buy Tadler reusable canning lids once, you'll never buy canning lids ever again. Safely store emergency preparedness foods for years. Traditional metal lids are single-use throwaways containing BPA. But Tadler reusable canning lids are guaranteed to last a lifetime when used as designed for home canning. Tadler lids are made with a USDA and FDA-approved food-grade plastic, safe for direct food contact, and contain no BPA. Tadler lids are dishwasher safe, usable with standard pressure or water bath canning, eliminate food spoilage from acid corrosion, fit standard mason jars are indefinitely reusable and are proudly made in the usa place orders at reusablecanninglids.com or call 1-877-747-2793 877-747-2793 call 877-747-2793 or go to reusablecanninglids.com that's reusablecanninglids.com for tadler reusable canning lids the original since 1976 if you suffer from poor sleep, you need my pillow. Guaranteed to be the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. Using a patented fill, MyPillow adjusts to your exact individual needs by gently supporting your head, shoulders, and neck. MyPillow has a natural built-in cooling effect, keeping your cervical nerves cool, giving you the best sleep of your life. MyPillow will never go flat and relieve snoring, migraines, sleep apnea, fibromyalgia, and many other disorders. It's antimicrobial, non-allergenic, dust mite resistant, and best of all, machine washable and dryable. MyPillow is made in the USA, has an a rating with the Better Business Bureau comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and an industry-leading 10-year warranty. Order today at MyPillow.com or call 952-442-6199. That's 952-442-6199. Mention coupon code GCN and receive 20% off your order. What do you have to lose except poor sleep? MyPillow.com, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own, guaranteed. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. And don't forget, you can visit the famous Tech Night Owl community forums at forum.technightowl.com Get in on all the action. That's forum.technightowl.com One more segment with Dan Morin here in the Tech Night Owl Live. And the suggestion I made is whether we're going to see a near-term end to a Mac Pro or maybe in a few years. But I think in the end, it's not you who decides that, Mac World, or even Apple in the end. Apple's got to look to the customer base. So if by grafting all these professional features onto cheaper Macs, all the power and everything, if they see the user base declining, declining, declining for a Mac Pro, one day they'll say, there's no more need. Yeah, and I think that's that's definitely a possibility. I, I think that that's the kind of thing we could see in the next five years. And, you know, I, I think there would be, there might be a minor, you know, outcry about that, but I think by and large, a lot of people have shifted their uh, the kind of thing they used to do on a Mac Pro to doing on an iMac or uh, a MacBook Pro um, with an external monitor or something. And I think that as a result, you know, there is a question of what is the Mac Pro still there for? 
Uh, and at the moment, I think there is still there is still room for it. There are still people who demand that kind of power and expandability that they can't get in anything else in, that Apple provides. But I think at the same time, it is kind of the top end, right? And that's the kind of that's where we see a lot of those the, the sort of the narrow tip of the spear, where we see a lot of the, the first cuts. And we have to see how narrow that gets. And here's the point: for example, what kind of expansion do people actually add to their Mac Pro? It's an internal drive. We put you know up to three extra drives in there. But if you can get, say, for your MacBook Pro, your iMac, a little case with three or four drives on it and set up a RAID system and everything, plug it in and get the same performance that you get on a Mac Pro, well, you can have that as an option. Maybe you leave it at the office, which is where you need it, but you take your MacBook Pro home and use it as a home consumer-based computer for content consumption. In the morning, you have all your files on it. You bring it back to the office, hook it up to this big assembly, and do your backups and all this other stuff. It depends, I guess, what kind of ecosystem we develop with Thunderbolt devices. Yeah, I mean, and I think what's interesting is you may see a larger seismic sort of shift in which the Mac Pro, <laughs> the Mac Pros sort of the things it gets used for get more and more adopted by things like MacBook Pros and iMacs, and the kind of stuff that we used to do for consumer computing. Um, becomes more the kind of stuff we're doing on our iPad, you know, listening to music, uh, cataloging our photos, etc. And I mean, I think Steve Jobs, you know, made this really good analogy at some point that the Mac is, you know, the personal computer as a whole is kind of like a truck. You know, it's it's something that certain people need. It does things that a car doesn't do, but it's not for everyone. It's not necessarily the the mass vehicle because it's overkill for a lot of people. And I think you know, if we do start seeing that, then obviously, if the the MacBook pros and the iMacs can start picking up the slack of the things that the Mac pros used to have to do, then then that is probably the first place that we'll see that, the first sort of casualty we'll see. Whether or not it has a bottom line, it may not matter. As you say, if the performance is there and people are, are able to do the kind of tasks they want to do, then, then maybe it doesn't matter. Well, right now, not so long ago, not so long ago, for example, I had basically Mac mini towers from the day one almost, from the first time after using Macs at the office to the time, I had to bring Macs home. So I brought my Mac at home. I got kind of the second from the top of the line, a 2CX instead of the 2. I didn't need as many expansion slots, and it had a little bit more power. Kept buying the most powerful Macs until I got the 2008 Mac Pro. In 2009, end of 2009, I swapped it all out, literally speaking, a 30-inch display, a Mac Pro, sold it off, Got an iMac with a custom configuration with more memory and a faster processor. Got $300 and change to pay some bills. And I didn't suffer from performance. I thought it was a little bit better. Yeah, and I've, I'm someone who's been using primary, my primary computer for many years has been a 13-inch MacBook of some variety or a laptop. Um, and the last desktop that I bought really was a, a Power Mac G3, uh, which is well over 10 years old. And I mean, it's not really an active use anymore. But this year, I got a 27-inch you know, cinema display to hook up to my MacBook, which I love. Um, but, you know, felt myself very much like, well, you know, I'd always shied away from getting something like an iMac. But I can definitely see the appeal. And, it, it, you know, I certainly don't have the kind of power user requirements that I used to feel like I had, you know, 10 years ago when I had to have, again, like I had to have a tower. I had to have something that was capable of doing all these really heavy-duty tasks. And, and, you know, I don't feel that way as more. I feel that the iMac is really would be plenty capable for what I needed to do. And it's, a, it's definitely a shift. And you can see also Intel, obviously looking to sales, is going to be building more and more power-efficient chips that are not just quad-core, but 8-core and 12-core and 100-core. 
and a single chip. Yeah, it's going to happen. We have two cores in the iPad 2 today. What's it going to take, another year or two before it's four cores? Yeah, I mean, probably not much longer. I don't think there's there's any reason you couldn't do that sort of thing. And I think that, you know, there's definitely... Uh, a solid argument for talking about why <laughs> the, the the metrics here like and what become important in terms of processors and you know i think we've seen horsepower has not really moved a lot uh, <laughs> recently you know our, the amount of number of you know gigahertz you've got in your processor it's moved fairly incrementally in the last few years but what we've talked more about are cores and power efficiency and these have become the new sort of metrics that we're concerned about. You know, maybe it's a little more like being less concerned about how many horsepower your car has and more about how many miles it gets to the gallon. Because on an everyday basis, that's, that's what really impacts you, right? Like your, your horsepower doesn't necessarily mean that much for most people. Today in a four-cylinder engine, you get what used to require a six-cylinder engine. So what they do is they bring power down to a certain level. And they use the advantage of the smaller engine like you do with smaller processor chips and dies to get more power efficiency. You find ways to move data faster, so even if you don't have four gigahertz, well, they can do pretty much with two, get twice the performance by being more efficient in how they crunch the numbers. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're just looking at alternate ways to get the same end result, which is more efficiency, and that's, I think, what we all are looking for from our devices is ways to get things done faster. But we're not going to predict the Mac of the future, the iPad of the future, where it's going to go. Or even if there isn't some company out there in a garage or a kitchen table that's going to supplant everything and start us in a new direction. Yeah. Well, not immediately anyways, but (laughs) it's probably on its way. There's probably someone in there. Maybe Apple will hire them, you know. Yeah. They'll come up with some new ideas. They should do that. That happens. That happens. Tell us what you've got coming out in near-term issues of Macworld Magazine or Macworld.com that we would like to check out. Well, most recently I've done a hands-on with iOS 4.3 about all the different little features you'll find in the latest version of uh, Apple's mobile operating system. Uh, beyond that, I don't really know what's next for me. Um, you know, whatever whatever happens out there in the big wide world of Apple news, you can be assured that I will be taking a look at it in some form or another. So you're basically the head of the news department, more or less. Uh, I help manage the, the coordinate the online news, yeah. So if there's a special event, you have to figure it out. Do you travel much or do you have to just stay home I've or at the traveled, office? I have traveled a lot in the past uh, couple months because I was out there for Macworld Expo and then I was out for uh, Apple's iPad 2 launch the other week. So um, that's a couple trips to San Francisco in the past few weeks. And I've been, I've been away from my house more than I've been at my house in 2011, and I'm, I'm hoping to change that slightly going forward. Mm, well, we'd like to do some traveling, but we'll get into that in some other occasion. Once again, you find Dan Morin, Senior Editor at Macworld Magazine over at Macworld.com, where you get the print version of the magazine, which I noticed, by the way, is getting a little fatter. More and more people advertising, which is good because it keeps the income up and the content keeps coming. Dan Morin, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. My pleasure. Thanks, Gene. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs. Convert from so many 
formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. It's the winter cold and flu supplement sale at HerbalHealer.com. Take advantage of Herbal Healer Academy's incredible savings on the best cold and flu supplements available. Many of you know elderberry is exceptional against viral infections. Right now, Herbal Healer Academy has elderberry power. Regularly priced at $16.95, now incredibly low at only $10 for 60 vegetarian caps. For children and seniors, our Herbal Healer Academy flu away elderberry liquid is only $13 for a 4-ounce bottle. Also on Super Sale, olive leaf capsules, oregano oil plus capsules, and our incredible Respirate formula, oregacillin physician strength capsules for your lungs. Normally $34.95, now just $25. Hit the winter specials link at HerbalHealer.com for these cold and flu supplement specials and other on-sale products like apple cider vinegar, brain power, and neuro recovery. New customers get a free catalog with your first order. Log on and hit the winter specials now at HerbalHealer.com. The collapse of the dollar is imminent. You can protect your wealth by buying gold, silver, and strong foreign currencies. But what if the government confiscates your precious metals, implements exchange controls, or nationalizes your retirement? You need a backup plan. That's why you must move your wealth into an offshore asset protection structure. Go to CollapseProof.com to get your free special report and discover how to store your gold and silver in the world's safest vaults or how to hold foreign currencies in a way that's safe from bank failures, bank runs, or exchange controls. Learn how the U.S. government failed to collect a $36 million claim because the defendant legally used an offshore asset protection program. This is what you need to keep your wealth safe when the dollar collapses and CollapseProof.com can help. Our programs are 100% compliant with U.S. law, but you must act now before it's too late. Call 800-798-2008. That's 800-798-2008. CollapseProof.com. Asset protection in financially unsafe times. For centuries, silver has been used as a powerful natural antibiotic. And as a listener to this station, you probably already know the benefits of using colloidal silver. With so many websites to choose from, finding a reputable patriotic company with great products at affordable prices can be a difficult task. Introducing UtopiaSilver.com. UtopiaSilver.com carries the best, most effective, and most affordable colloidal silver and colloidal gold products in the industry. UtopiaSilver.com also carries products to fit your lifestyle, including weight loss, immune system defense, cleanses, herbs, joint and bone care, and much more. First-time customers using promo code GCN50 will receive 50% off all colloidal products. Visit us today at Utopia Silver. That's U-T-O-P-I-A Silver. UtopiaSilver.com or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338. UtopiaSilver.com. Taking back America's health care one American at a time. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. You're listening to the Tech Night All Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what to expect. We have Jim Galbraith, the lab director guy, over at Macworld Magazine and Macworld.com. And he's the fellow who is responsible for the testing of all the products 
that the Macworld staff gets in when it comes to absolute measurements. He's a scientific guy. So he's like Jim, the science guy, right? That's right. Okay. So do you have a science background, by the way? How did you get into the job of actually doing this kind of testing? You know, I've just been working in uh, magazine computer labs for a really long time. I started at Ziff Davis Labs and just entry-level position there and then a job at my Mac user opened up and then I've just been bouncing around from lab to lab ever since. So you are the lab rubber ball. I am. I've somehow, yes, I've somehow managed to survive longer than most. Well, we have, of course, retirement homes where many of your previous lab directors are sitting right now. (laughs) You know, they're going to right now call me very soon and insult me because of that. Seriously. Okay. So you get the iPad 2, one of the few people can get one anymore, and I guess we're wondering now whether the problems in Japan will cut the supply chain. But obviously we don't want to get into that here. What we want to get into is what you did, how did you test an iPad 2? What kind of test can you perform on something like that? Well, I just just kind of started. The first thing that we wanted to do was, uh, well, Jason Snell in his review had ran a few tests. We knew that... Uh, JavaScript performance was faster, especially, you know, uh, so we ran the SunSpider benchmark on that and did a couple of launching of an app test time, those kinds of things, uh, startup times, and uh, those were all faster. Uh, the Then so I took it, I, well, I stood in line, grabbed a few, came home, uh, started doing some battery tests. And uh, they turned out to be pretty much the same as uh, as the first generation, which means a very good long life. You know, doing a full brightness, uh, watching a movie, you know, with uh, airport connected, it lasted well over eight hours, which is about what we got for the uh, first generation iPad as well. And so that's a that's usually the kind of test that we you know try to drain the battery as fast as possible because it takes forever to do. Now, uh, so, when Apple says 10 hours, what right. are they measuring? It's hard to know exactly what they're measuring. They talk, they say up to 10 hours, and they say, you know, watching movies, surfing the Internet, those kinds of things. But they're not very specific about exactly what they're doing when they're saying up to 10 hours. The key being here, Jim, that when you do the test, you're really exercising that battery. It's not like mixed use, where maybe you stop, you read an email, you check the internet, but you're not just bringing up browser pages, you're reading content, you're sitting back, consuming, you're not doing something active. That's the kind of thing maybe that Apple is testing? Uh, Yeah, they have... I'm not sure whether they sit or whether they have someone sitting there. They have it scripted with some tools that aren't available <laughs> to to us. But uh, to just kind of go through, load some web pages, write an email, and do those kinds of things as they do. I know with uh, when they're talking about laptop battery tests. Um, so uh, because battery tests take the longest. Uh, we just try to run the same test on them all. You know, this you know this is only one scenario, but if we run the same scenario on all the different models, then you kind of have a good idea of how it compares to others. Now, obviously, memory configurations won't change it, but if you get an iPad 2 with the chip for 3G from AT&T and Verizon Wireless, does that change battery life? 
The we did a the the two models that I had in for testing that I ran. Um, actually, all three had one had in was the original with the AT and T three G, and then the iPad two with uh, Verizon and AT and T. So I didn't actually test one, uh, just a Wi Fi version. Uh, I know that the Apple does uh, say that about they get about eight hours if you're streaming movies uh, over. Uh, over 3G or 3G performance is up to 8 hours but Wi-Fi is up to 10 hours okay so so basically consistently you feel that as far as you can determine the iPad 2 the battery life is essentially the same give or take as the original iPad yes it's very very close now I know you don't read other people's reviews okay maybe you do sometimes most people who have tested the iPad 2 come to the same conclusion as you did. Except it seems for Walt Mossberg of the Wall Street Journal, who's saying it has worse battery life. So where does he get that from? I have not seen uh, what Walt Mossberg has seen. I didn't, I didn't read his review, actually. So uh, it's the first I've heard of it. But no, I haven't. Uh, we, I've run that test uh, two or three times now, that very long drain the battery in eight plus hours and it uh, each time it was it, it, it lasted longer than the iPad one now this test that Jason Snell ran to test the JavaScript performance is a canned test but how close is that canned test to what real people do when they serve sites well it's hard to say I mean uh, the, the uh, it gives results in milliseconds you know so it's whether or not you would ever notice, uh, you know, something that may show up as a big difference on a benchmark like that may show up negligible. You may not even notice the, the performance difference uh, when you're actually loading a web page, depending on what kind of uh, test, you know, or what kind of sites you're looking at. Um, but we did do, uh, he, he did run something where, uh, he did run something, uh, Jason ran something where he uh, loaded NewYorkTimes.com, and he found that the iPad 2 was able to load that uh, load the home page uh, twice as fast as the iPad 1. Twice as fast, meaning what? It From took two se- seconds to one second, or what? No, uh, eight seconds uh, on the iPad 2 versus the iPad 1 over 3G. Okay. So that takes quite a bit of time. Of course, the New York Times homepage has lots of content it is not optimized for mobile platforms it's a regular web page so that's part of why he chose that site i'm sure to uh to run so all things being equal things are about the same did you do any testing of viewing angles and stuff like that with the built-in display or haven't you gotten to that yet I did, I did some casual testing of that while, while I was doing the, uh, the video test. And, you know, I heard some people were complaining about some light leakage issues with the iPad 2. And uh, there were some other com- complaints about maybe the possible yellowing on the edges, which turned out to be the glue for the iPhone 4 uh, that hadn't quite uh, finished drying yet. So um, the same thing would be with the iPad 2 that maybe... They rush the things out so fast you have to wait for the glue to dry. That's what uh, that's what some people were. Yeah, I none of the I've I've looked at three or four, I think four uh, uh, 
on the iPad 2s, and none of the four that I looked at had that kind of issue. Um, and no no uh, bad light leakage. If you're looking at a, you're, you're in a black room, you've got a black screen on a desktop LCD or on anything that's got a backlight on it, you're going to get some, a little bit of light leakage. Um, and I've noticed that on the iPad 1 and on the iPad 2. But nothing like uh, these people who are saying that there's just big, you know, round spots on the side that are that is not that is visible at all times and is also affecting the color of uh, their display. So, and I haven't I haven't seen anything like that. In fact, the iPad two seemed to be, and I showed it to a few other people. Uh, it seemed the colors look richer, and viewing angle seems much better. If you're kind of looking off angle on an iPad uh, first generation, uh, you start to lose contrast pretty rapidly, uh, whereas. From the iPad 2, it looks much better at, at, at very uh, extreme angles. So it looks the blacks look the blacks look darker, the colors look richer, and the viewing angle angle is better. Though I don't know how if for if you if it's meant for you to be sitting in front of it, holding it while you read, watch movies, or whatever, you may not want the guy sitting next to you on the bus to be able to see everything that's happening on your screen. Certainly not. We have Jim Galbraith from Macworld Magazine. If you have a comment or a question about the show, write us, news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Hey, neighbors. Nuance offers Dragon speech recognition for a variety of platforms. Dragon Dictate for Mac. Dragon Naturally Speaking 11 for Windows. And Dragon Mobile Apps for BlackBerry, iPhone, and iPad. No matter how you compute, Dragon instantly converts what you say into text, helping you be more productive just by talking. Find out more at GetDragon.com. That's GetDragon.com. GetDragon.com. You expect professional service from your doctor, your accountant, and even the girl who takes your morning coffee order. Why not from your domain registrar, too? Namecheap.com provides stellar service with no sneaky upselling. We offer more features and security options for your website than there are ways to order a latte. And new domains come with WhoisGuard to protect your personal info. At Namecheap.com, you can get your domain for as low as $2.99. Now is a great time to get to know Namecheap.com. Reality check. There are many so-called health products coming out that are here today but will be gone tomorrow. They're fads. They're hype and a lot of gimmick. Life Change Tea is no fad. We've been around for years and we've been slowly growing. And our products have attracted loyal customers. Why? Because our products work. Cleansing your body. Losing weight. More energy and better overall health. And you might ask, says who? Our customers say. A company shows its colors with how many people reorder the product. So don't be afraid. We're the real deal. Log on to GetTheTea.com and read all the testimonies. In fact, log on and order at GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. Or call us at 928-308-0408. There's no call centers, just a friendly operator. 928 928- 308-0408. Once again, 928-308-0408. This is an urgent message. Urgent if you care about feeding your family. S510 has passed through Congress and will make the sale of heirloom seeds difficult. 
Prices of non-GMO seeds are skyrocketing and may be hard to afford in the future, if you can even find them. As the economy continues to decline, this will make the heirloom seeds worth their weight in gold and one of the best barter tools available. When food supplies eventually run out, your solution is to grow your own food and barter tool. Now, for a short time, GetSeeds.net offers 100 packets of heirloom non-GMO vegetable seeds for only $59. Pay with two ounces of pure silver or just $59. The best price on the net for high-quality seeds. Our GetSeeds.net seeds are open-pollinated vegetable seeds sealed in a Mylar bag for long-term storage. Bulk pricing available. So get seeds while you still can at GetSeeds.net or call toll-free 877-341-4769. That's 877-341-4769. Sore throat? Spray that with Dermatol. (coughs) Diaper rash? Spray that with Dermatol. Ouch! Burn or cut? Spray that with Dermatol for shockingly fast relief. If you had room for only one first aid product in your preparedness kit, you need Dermatol because it works on almost every skin irritation or injury. All natural Dermatol brings amazing relief to burns, cuts, scrapes, bites, boils, shingles, rashes, elderly skin tears, even chronic diabetic ulcers and bed sores. Dermatol is an all natural antimicrobial, antiviral, and antifungal wound cleanser that speeds healing with no side effects, is safe for all ages and skin types, and is even safe enough to spray on sore throats or onto sore eyes. Read our many testimonials at Dermatol.com, spelled D-E-R-M-A-T-O-L.com. Order online at Dermatol.com or call 800-217-6677. That's 800-217-6677. Effective, efficient, economical. Spray it all with Dermatol. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. You're listening to the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what to expect. The last segment of the show, we're talking to Jim Galbraith from Macworld Magazine, macworld.com. He's a lab director over there, so he's the guy who sets up the tests and it looks like the iPad 2 is acquitting itself quite well. What about the graphics performance? Apple says up to nine times better. What do you see? You know, we're we're trying to get a hold of uh, another benchmark. It's hard to it's hard to say exactly. You know, J- Jason in his review said he th- felt things were running much smoother when he was kind of scrolling between things. I was uh, I was been kind of banging my head against the wall trying to figure out exactly how I can kind of measure this you know there's no frame counters as far as I can tell for these games and no time demos to run so it's more of a perception thing uh, for a lot of things so there are a couple of uh, tests that you can uh, that you can run uh, there's a GL bench uh, that you can run on there uh, but it's not because you know the issue with trying to get your to it's not in the Apple Store, so uh, the makers of the benchmark have to compile one for your specific device. So we're in the middle of that right now. We'll see how it goes. Of course, testing the new MacBook Pro family, that's a lot more conventional. Okay, yes. so we have the new Intel Sandy Bridge chip. We have the new Intel integrated graphics, and we have the new graphics from AMD, from what used to be their ATI division. And we have quad-core processors on the high-end MacBook Pros. So I guess the first question before we get down to nuts and bolts here is, can I now take a MacBook Pro with a quad-core and get pretty much the same performance as a desktop iMac or even better? 
yes, uh, we we definitely looked at an IMAC as uh, compared and. Uh, on our overall Speedmark scores, a uh, 21.5 inch 306 Core i3 iMac got a 174 in our Speedmark tests, where the 15 inch 2.2 MacBook Pro got a 210. So that's a pretty respectable difference. The one thing I noticed here with Sandy Bridge and with new processors in general is it used to be, you know, in the old days, you know, we had 2 gigahertz, it's got to be 3, it's got to be 4. We don't play that game anymore. The processor speeds are the same or slightly less, but they found other ways to boost performance in these chips. Right. Well, these all have, you know, the Sandy Bridge has the uh, the same thing as the Core i-series as far as the hyper-threading, which allows some of the cores to shut down if they're not in use because a lot of applications just don't know what to do with four cores. And... Uh, and then also it has the uh, turbo boost, which can uh, speed up the processors. So, yeah, the, the hyper threading makes the virtual cores, and then the turbo boost lets uh, shut down some of the cores and put more resources to those that are actually in use. Okay, so, so it's it, all sorts of little electronic operating efficiencies to make it do more. Now, quad-core processors, um, the top-line 15-inch and 17-inch MacBook Pros, is that making a big difference, too? Uh, yeah, well, it's in things that in things that use those they use those processors when you know you're um, encoding audio. That was one of the bigger things we saw was that the uh, our iTunes AAC to MP3 encoding test was quite a bit faster, and um, you know a lot of the you know Mathematica these kinds of things where you can really. Uh, all of a sudden, it has eight virtual cores to 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 work on on those fifteen inch processors. Yeah, it definitely, it's got more processors plus the virtual processors. It's uh, for those that can actually take advantage of it. It's it's quite a boost in performance. Okay, so things get done faster. What about graphics? People who want to play games, what are they going to see? Well, the before. Before this last generation, uh, if you wanted to use the Core i, uh, Intel Core i processors and have integrated graphics, you had to go with the Intel uh, integrated graphics, which was still the case, except before they weren't very good. And uh, on the low end, Apple didn't think that they were good enough to be the only graphics solution in the laptop, and so they stuck with the uh, Core 2 Duo, and they were able to use NVIDIA chips or whatever, and uh, and get pretty good performance. Now, uh, Intel's been working hard to get the uh, to get the integrated graphics to to perform better, and uh, and so now they're included in the third. They're included across the line. Uh, the 15 inches and 17 inch models include a second graphics processor. Um, but so the 13-inch models actually, uh, in Call of Duty tests, went down a few percentage points in terms of frames per second that it's able to display, uh, going from the NVIDIA integrated to the Intel integrated. But with all the other improvements, I think Apple decided that was fast enough for that system. Um, also, with the 15-inch uh, MacBook Pro, the, the lower end, it has uh, discrete graphics, 
but they're not as good as what are found in the 2.2 gigahertz, 15 and 17 inch. And so that too was not quite as good as the entry level 15 inch from last year uh, in terms of Call of Duty. It did pretty well. Uh, it did a little bit better in um, portal testing when we used uh, Steam Portal. Uh, and it also did a little bit, did about the same at uh, the uh, another open GL test we run from Cinebench. Okay. So the one thing I'd like to ask here very quickly, and we don't have a lot of time, is that when you're doing these tests, you're basing it on current operating systems. Apple could, in theory, maybe optimize the drivers for these new graphics chips and maybe get more performance. We don't know. It's just a guess. We hope that they're, that everybody's working together to uh, to get things moving faster and, you know, faster, better, higher efficiency, lower power, all those good things. Okay, lower power, all those good things, more powerful processor, all this stuff that's on there. I didn't get into Thunderbolt, and I probably won't because we don't really see peripherals out yet that could really test it. That's more for the future. So let's look at battery life. Apple changed its parameters in testing. It used to say up to 10 hours, now it's saying, what, up to 7 hours. What did you see in the real world? Our battery test actually showed a little bit better performance with the new with the new MacBook Pros, which I thought was a little bit um, interesting. But, uh, yeah, we got, uh, let's see, Apple, yeah, Apple says up to seven hours, and in our tests, the they all lasted about between five hours and 39 minutes and five hours and 53 minutes, which are better than last year. Um, we had about 18 minutes longer than what uh, the, for the 13 inches and... 54 minutes longer on the uh, 2.2 gigahertz 15 inch. So, um, you know, it's not tons longer, but it is, it's an improvement, at least in my tests. And you're not seeing the quad core really hurting battery life at all? Not sure how much the quad core, uh, not sure how much the quad core came into uh, showing, it was the same type of test as we ran before, which is uh, the movie on, uh, a movie playing from the hard drive, full brightness, uh, connected to an airport network. And, uh, but that's not very taxing on graphics chips anymore. They handle that stuff routinely. Right. And, and, yeah. and with, uh, when the way, uh, the way the, with, the, uh, with the automatic graphics switching that uh, the 15s and 17s can do, uh, it's very possible that I was running just straight off of the uh, Intel integrated graphics. Okay which is sharing the main memory. We're not going to get into the technology here except to say, okay, we have the MacBook Pro family. Graphics performance is pretty decent, but you really want to get the most powerful AMD graphics to get any real improvement. The battery life's a hair better. The performance benchmarks are a lot better, so it makes a lot of sense to get it. Where do we find more of the stuff that you write about, Jim Galbraith? Uh, you can always check MacWorld.com. So simple. And you can check my stuff at TechNightOwl.com. That is TechNightOwl.com. On Twitter, it's TechNightOwl. TechNightOwl at Twitter. Follow us, neighbors, and maybe we'll follow you. And by the way, we want to also tell you about the other show we have, the Paracast, about UFOs, things that go bump at the night at Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. Please, please, ladies and gentlemen, send your donations to Red Cross and other agencies helping the stricken residents of Japan. They need your help. 
This has been the Tech Night Owl Live. I'm Gene Steinberg. A special thanks. Thank you again, Jim Galbraith, for joining us on this week's show. Thanks, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.